John Ott from Yep Strength, joins us to discuss how he transitioned from working at GNC into starting his own supplement brand, challenge, challenges that he ran into with cash flow, how an affiliate can work with Yep Strength, and stay tuned for John's promo code that is hidden inside this episode on how you can get a 10% discount. As always, if this episode helped you or brought you value in some way, please do me a favor, share it with a friend. Thank you and enjoy the show. Welcome to Build Your Wealth Muscle, a podcast dedicated to helping fitness entrepreneurs build wealth by saving taxes and growing their money. Each episode will break down different strategies in the areas of business, tax, and retirement planning specifically for your coaching business. Disclaimer, the topics covered in this podcast are for educational purposes only. This is not advice for your specific situation. Please consult a qualified financial or tax professional before making any changes to your financial or tax situation. Now here's your host, certified financial planner and tax advisor, Pat Darby. Hey, what's going on everybody? Welcome back to episode 55 of Build Your Wealth Muscle. If you guys are just joining us, this is uh, well, welcome. Now, there's two show formats. The first one is a solo where we go pretty deep on specific topics like finance, tax, wealth management, give you specific action steps. Or the other episode formats like today where we bring on a guest who has expertise in a specific area of either sales, marketing, or they're like you, a colleague in the fitness space. So today we're joined with John Ott. What's going on, man? How you doing? Trying to get huge, bro. <laughs> Trying to get, I think you're already there, so that's pretty good. Got to make the company huge. So for everybody who doesn't know, you go around. This is how we met. The first time he has me smell his smelling salt. Right I think he has. A, he might even have a recording of that. But I do. I got. I got a poster. <laughs> I got a poster. That was. I don't know how I looked. I don't know how to describe it to people. It was like putting my nose. If anyone's ever had like had to clean a pool, when you first open that chlorine bucket and it just punches you in the face. That's the closest thing I can think of. Like, what's inside of it? Ammonia and sodium. So, explain to people as we. I, I kind of are starting off in the middle, but explain to people what what does it do? What's it for? Because that was that was cool. That's the first time I've ever smelled smelling salt. It's actually a really cool thing. So, the, the main benefit is to activate fight or flight. So, it essentially gives you a rush of adrenaline. So, if you're using it for bodybuilding or powerlifting, um, it's going to help you maybe get out an extra rep on your top set. Now, it was originally made to help wake people up that were knocked out. <laughs> adrenaline. Um, then uh, it's also um, like I have truck drivers that use it. I That's have awesome. people that just can't wake up in the morning use it. And it's really starting to become like a really fun gag gift, too. <laughs> <laughs> do, you get, um, do you get immune to it to an extent? Oh man, it definitely every every because you know I mean the bottles wear out after a while and you gotta you gotta get another one. I mean they're not that expensive; they're fifteen dollars. They're good for about a hundred uses. Um, but no, every time I get a fresh bottle, my my eyes water right up. <laughs> it also opens up your sinuses and actually um, smelling salts. There's a huge shortage during COVID uh, because it uh, it actually cleans out your your nasal cavity too. So yeah, no uh, for. Anyone listening, it, it was pretty cool. Like at first, you're like, "Holy shit!" And then after like a, I don't know, thirty seconds, you do start to feel like, like you're breathing clearer. And 
I mean, that shit wakes you up. I took it at the end of my workout, but <laughs> it well, was. The, the, what's fun about the smelling salt? So I, I knew like right away I wanted to come out with a pre workout. But what's what's fun about the smelling salt is like when I was a kid, like when AOL dial up, you know what I mean? We, <laughs> we ordered like sodium and uh, ammonia and we made it ourselves. We, we, we ordered a couple crazy things. That was that was one of them. <laughs> we, wanted, we wanted to make our own smelling salts because we couldn't do that. <laughs> So we actually bought the stuff to make them. And it was, it was, it was funny because we did the, the rookie thing. We didn't, you got to add water to activate it. And we, we use a cotton ball system in ours. Um, so yeah. That's so, cool, man. Time. Well, we started off in the middle. Let's, let's give it people who don't know who you are. Like what's your background? What got you into fitness? Yeah. So, um, well, growing up when I was a kid, um, I fell in love with, with bodybuilding right away. Um, then I became a, a really good wrestler. Um, I won 55 matches in a row my senior year of high school. Uh, Damn. Went to, went to Where was yeah, went to, what was that? Where were you? Where did you go to high school? Uh, Missouri. So back where I'm at right now, yeah. So Missouri cool. is where I grew up. I uh, wrestled at Blue Springs High School. Well, I, I actually started out at Blue Springs South High School and transferred to Blue Springs High School my senior year. I had a better wrestling program. It was a long, long challenge to get over there, but it was definitely worth it. Um, then I, 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 went, I, I got a scholarship for wrestling, I started wrestling in college. In college, I had no idea. Well, I, I, I knew what I wanted to do actually was exercise science. <laughs> Surprise. At that <laughs> point, I didn't think you could make any money doing it because there wasn't social media. There wasn't, you know, you, you, you know, it wasn't the same kind of thing. Yeah. So I switched from um, exercise science to computer-aided drafting to business. Um, I, I, uh, my fighting career, so I did mixed martial arts. So by the time I was 19 – when I was a freshman in college, I had won 11 fights in a row. And then I, I decided to go pro and so uh, 11 wrestling 11, matches in college, 11, 11, 11 fights. Yeah. Oh, right. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so uh, I have a pretty extensive background in that. So um, when I started wrestling, I started working for GNC part-time. Okay. Uh, so it was kind of like I had a, when I, when I, when I actually, when I graduated, when I graduated, when I turned 18, I started working for GNC. I also started fighting, you know, literally like fresh. It was, it was great because, you know, all my friends wanted to come, you know, watch me fight and they'd pay you a percentage of tickets. So they wouldn't pay you to fight because that's legal, but they'd pay you to sell tickets. So you get like 20% of your ticket sales. You'd that's pretty good. Them. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, especially, was... yeah, especially with two high schools and everybody was like, oh, <laughs> going to fight, you know. <laughs> and uh, it was definitely like, yeah, it was definitely, my, it was my second, uh, well, my third. I guess, interesting way of making money. Um, and uh, when I was doing that, my coach, uh, my wrestling coach had found out about it and he was telling me I need to stop fighting. And his thing was, well, you can't, you can't fight and be a, a NCAA athlete and make money. And I'm like, well, I don't make money. They pay me through, through sales. And then it was, uh, they'd give me, a, it, was a, it, was a, it was a smaller school, it was Central Missouri. Um, they'd given me a pretty big scholarship and they didn't have a lot of scholarship money. So I understand like from their side, um, but as soon as I figured out, well, man, I can, uh, fight and make money. And like, it was like, wow, this is great. You know? And, uh, at the same time I started working part-time for GNC and that's really when I just figured out I had an ability to, to connect with people and sell. Um, that's awesome. I, learned, I learned so much, you know, I learned so much from that. It was so my, uh, my career with mixed martial arts was taken off. My career with GNC was taken off. I ended up taking a store manager position. I dropped out of college. So what that. year are we at? 2007, 2008. Is there, um, 
where is the UFC at this point? Are you on UFC that track? Brand new. You have like Matt Hughes and you have like, <laughs> yeah, man, it's still, it's still. So what's interesting is um, me, there's another, there's, there's two guys and it was a few, there was a few really good guys uh, from Kansas city. Um, but there's one guy that I, I kind of kept following. His name's James Krause. Me and him were both, but when I ended my mixed martial arts career, we were on the same team and we were two of the better fighters in uh in Kansas City. Okay. And uh well basically what 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 had happened is is with me and what I really learned from mixed martial arts is once I went pro, um I was still very disciplined in the fact that like I would wake up at five AM, go to the gym and lift, uh go to work at GNC, get off around five thirty, go to mixed martial arts practice, come home run. <laughs> hang out with my girlfriend for a couple of hours and then go to bed, you know, and then repeat it over and over again. But then on the weekends, like I would party, man, like I would, and I, and I had no, like, I had no, I don't know what I was thinking. Like I'd have no, no, like just no clue. Like what I, like, you know, the impact, if you're, you're trying to be a top level athlete, you can't go do that stuff. Yeah. It's just like, but I would do it, man. Monday, Monday through Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Part of it was, um, I, uh, I would get, get paid, uh, there was a bar that started paying me. I had a fight at power and light and they had an after party and it was successful. And then they pay me to come there on the weekends. So, as a fighter or as a, like a bouncer? No, I just go hang out there and they give me three bottles of alcohol for free. And they pay me like 300 bucks. That's just so, yeah. you're like a local celebrity at that point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Then well, it was funny because it was, Facebook had just come out. So when I want, when I, I had my biggest fight, I actually, I unfortunately lost, but, and I learned some stuff from that, but, uh, I remember, so Instagram wasn't out yet. Facebook was there. And I remember the next day I woke up and I had 10,000 friend requests. I remember we, we went to me and my ex-wife, uh, we were dating at that time. We went to Florida and, uh, that was the first time I met her mom and we went down to Key West and, uh, we, we, uh, this, this, this guy had recognized me and his wife was the VP for Hilton, I think. And they put us up in this like executive suite and they, it was, it was, it was crazy. And I had, and what's funny is me being me at that time in life, like I didn't really have any idea like what was going on or, you know what I mean? It wasn't like, um, I didn't think of it that way. I just, I was really, I wasn't focused on promoting myself in a way of, well, how am I going to turn this into it and monetize it to make money? All I was focused on was fighting. You know Just what I mean? Trying to be the best fighter you could be. Be the not. best fighter I could be. And um, as that was happening, um, I was just breaking records at GNC. Like I was just, I was going. To, so my first management gig, there was a shooting at this mall. <laughs> and, uh, I, was, I was the guy that took the job <laughs> and sales went up. <laughs> <laughs> which is not supposed to happen. Yeah. And they had some product launches and um, I literally led the company in these launches. And uh, that's when I learned about merchandising and a lot of the detailed stuff. Um, one thing that um, I don't know whether I'd say it was, you know, partially luck, partially networking, partially knowing people, um, I hired a lot of really good people earlier on in my career and Shane, who is, um, basically my right-hand man at Yep Strength, me and him, basically we have a few other part-time people, but me and him run everything. Um, and he was my district manager at the time. And, uh, he, he had taught me 
a lot about business and a lot because I was really at that point, I was just like a really good salesman and I was just so passionate. And I had no, the thing about it though with supplements is I had no, um, we had goals and we had these key performance indicators that we had to hit, but I could just do it the right way. I could do, I, I figured out how to like, you know, cause you, when you put, when you're actually in a pretty sales driven environment, yeah, you have people that are um, very pushy and aggressive, right? Um, you have people that are just too passive, you know, they, they, there's no connection. Um, you have a mix of both. And, and then you have people that just really want to, so you got people that want to help people, people that are just there to collect a paycheck. And then you got your freaking killers, right? <laughs> I, I was a mix of like, man, I really want to help people. Um, but I figured out how to, to, to do it in a way where I hit all the numbers and just crushed it, you know, and um, that helped me. And, and I learned so much. So I, I ended up leaving fighting. I took a job as a district manager that brought me to Washington. Uh, they moved okay. me to Washington, Seattle. Um, I was there from 2007 to 2000. Uh, I moved back to 21, 21. So I was there for like 11. Well, no, I was there from 2010. 2010, 2011. I was there from 2011 to 2021. I was there for 10 years. Okay. And uh, while I was there, that market was the worst market in the company. Completely turned it around. Max bonus, max bonus, max bonus. Damn. Um, took on a bunch of different leadership uh, things. I thought, you know, hey, am I going to get this regional director spot? You know, it was right there. We went through some changes in leadership. <clears throat> kind of my boss. Uh, who was who was also a great guy. Uh, his name was Pat. Learned so much from him. He ended up taking a job with another company, and it was a, a kind of like a on his way out. He was on his way out, you know. <laughs> and uh, he was just he wasn't happy with the job at the end. And uh, he uh, <clears throat> met this Mario. So I, I was lucky in a way of where I got to work with like a lot of good leaders. I mean Shane, Pat, Mar. I mean those three guys. The expertise they brought just to the tables, just insane, and what they taught me from a developmental standpoint. So, for example, Mario, who was the last person I really was close with at GNC, uh, he really made me understand like how emotional I was. Like I'm, I was a very passionate guy, but I was very emotional. And uh, man, when I learned that, like it was, it was such a mistake. So I met GNC, and in 2016, I uh, October 8th, well 2016, I realized that I just wasn't happy. Um, I started kind of like re reminiscing about my, uh, my fighting days. I wasn't happy in my marriage, um, which, which essentially like, I guess when I was fighting, I saw like another life. I'm like, okay, I could be a, I could be a district manager. I could be a regional director. I could be a VP. Can I make it to CEO? Like, how do I do that? You know what I mean? So I'm having like this whole thing like going through my head and i'm like okay i can get married i can get a cool house we'll have nice cars we're on vacation like this is kind of a cool life you know what i mean and uh i got into it and man like i did not realize how much i was gonna miss athletics and um I as you became more and more corporate it you were getting further and further from like the bodybuilding and the fighting i, I was a corporate corporate tie <laughs> white button up shirt for the long and it's funny because i go obviously <laughs> I, I, I can play that role if i have to um but towards the end of my career i, I learned that i didn't have to yeah you know what i mean because you know you're, you're trying to get this regional director spot there's six of them or something six or eight 
you know, there's not, not very many spots and you're waiting for people to die, really, you know, <laughs> or, or get a job as a VP with another company or get promoted as a VP. It's a hard spot to get. And uh, I, I just I just got to the spot where I just wasn't happy. And I, I did so much soul searching. And all my life, all I ever wanted to do was bodybuilding. Like that's like since I was a kid, but you know, first it was football, then it was wrestling, then it was mixed martial arts. So here I am now in 2016, I'm 20, I'm 35, like 28. I want to say 28, you know, late, late 20s. I'm like, what am I, what am I doing? And the other part of it was like, I, I've always wanted more. I, you know, I, I followed <clears throat> different supplement companies. I've watched Gaspari and Rich Piana and, Jay Cutler, you know, I see Jimmy Jay, you see Jay, man, like yeah. Jay's, dude, he fuck, he's a great guy. He, he, people love him. He loves what he does. I mean, he, he, he's killing it. You know, he has so many different businesses going now. It's insane. He's, he's such a nice guy for like the celebrity status that he's at. Like um, mm -hmm. at Fit Club, he'll like stop and like, yeah, leg day today. Like it's kind of crazy. I'm like, you're so popular. People are always stopping you and like, you're stopping just to talk to people that, you know, are you just see at the gym, like that's that's cool. Well, it's 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 very important to do that because if you the one the one person you rub wrong becomes your biggest hater. Yeah, but that must yeah. be tough though for people in his position and as you move into that position because like you know everyone wants to talk to to someone like that, so you can't you make time for everybody. Like that must be a tough balance trying to make time yeah. for everybody because someone's eventually going to feel slighted. Well, what's, what's crazy is because, so what I ended up doing is I went from like this person that was a fighter, really well known, moved to a different state, became this corporate guy, like completely changed like gears. And, uh, then, then, you know, I, of course I got my divorce and I had to go through this whole thing. Like, you know, I dated anybody in 10 years. I hadn't, <laughs> I didn't have Instagram, you know, I didn't, have <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do anything on social media. So I'm, I'm literally in 2016, I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I read the book relentless like 10 times. Tim every single rich Piana video ever made. I watch every single RX muscle video ever made. I, and this is like all doing like cardio. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the time you're going through the divorce. You're still at GNC. I'm still at GNC. Yeah, okay. I, was at, I was at GNC until um, well, I'll get to that part. So, <laughs> so, so, uh, so I'm at uh, I'm at uh, I'm I'm trying to make this choice. I'm like I'm not happy what I want to do. So yeah. I decided that I was I, I was like you know what like I don't know if there's necessarily any money in bodybuilding, but it's my passion and. You know, people always say if you, if you follow your passion, do what you love. You know what I mean, and, and you'll be able to fight, figure out a way to make money. So, I started. I started uh, bodybuilding in 2016. I did my first show in 2018. I won my first show in 2019. I started my online coaching company in 2018. Um, when uh, in 2020, my divorce finalized. Um, that was crazy because that hurt me really bad financially. Um, it was sure. a very long drawn. I mean, I can't remember everything. <laughs> Let's put it that way. It was just, it was, it, it got to the point where it was, um, you know, I'm paying a retainer fee. I'm paying for her mortgage. I'm paying for my rent. I'm paying just, it was, I'm paying spousal support and, and in Washington. It's, it's a tough state, you know? And, um, I, I got to the point where I'm looking at it and I'm like, what am I doing? Like I'm looking at my bank account, like my bank accounts, like emptying out. 
Um, and I'm like, and we, we, we had like 300 grand in our house and equity. Oh, and we, well, what's, what's crazy is we were going to sell the house. We, we originally had it. I'm like, okay, I'm going to sell this house. I'm going to split it with her 50, 50. We'll each have 150,000 extra dollars. You know what I mean? I'm like, this yeah. is awesome. Like this is going to be the best divorce ever. We're going to be cool. And then the day we went to list the house, she's like, I don't want to do it. <laughs> and then, and then the next week it was like, uh, it was, uh, uh, I got an email from a law firm. And it was like, okay, off to the races from there. But so, so the, well, the, the thing about it though, so I, when I, when I left, when I, when I moved out, I moved to this little 750 square foot apartment on Point Rust and it was like way more than I probably should have got, but it was, I just wanted it so bad. It was like, just, it was the most beautiful view. You walk out, you're right on the waterfront. Uh, and I had to grind though, man. So my online coaching, I really started hitting online coaching hard. Um, I was, so before I started working with GNC, I, I got really in stock. Um, I had, I sold everything way too early. I had Costco, I had Chipotle, I had all of them really early on Microsoft. I just, I, I, and I made some good money on some of them, but I sold them all really early. Um, I go through the divorce. I, uh, I, I, COVID's happening. COVID, COVID's like, this is COVID. So during COVID, GNC's like closing stores. We went through bankruptcy. Um, so they, they terminate. Uh, and this is all good stuff for me because it really tested me. Yeah. At, at one point, um, I, was, I was running like 60 stores. So I was running all of Washington and all of Alaska. And, it is, and we're talking people furloughed. We're closing stores. COVID, we're having riots in Seattle, we're boarding up stores, Bellevue Square is getting broken into, stuff's getting destroyed. You got... Oh, the, shit. Yeah, you were... What was it? Like the Chaz Center? What was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah Chad. Yeah. It, was, it, was a, it was a mess, man. Dude, you were right in that, huh? That was one of the reasons I left. Yeah, I was just, it wasn't... Uh, well, I mean, was, that, was that mostly peaceful protest? That was by you, right? Fiery, but mostly peaceful. Wasn't that the, the Chaz? <laughs> well, what's crazy is uh, I had a video guy that had uh, filmed it all. He, he literally, he was he, he filmed all the riots. He followed them around on Instagram. Crazy. His following went from like under a thousand to over a hundred K. Like, and then, and then I remember one day his whole Instagram got wiped. Oh, I'm sure. Everything. And no I'm like, one that documented for that. That messes yeah. up the narrative. The whole thing, whole thing gone. I was like, I remember because I was following it all. I wanted to, it was very, it was a good resource for me. Sure. Because he was setting up there in the chat. I mean, you would, they had a projector screen. They were playing some crazy videos. Half of it was, so it was, there were some people that were really serious about it. There was part of it was kids just taking advantage of the system. Um, it was a very interesting uh, dynamic with a lot of, um, a lot of uh, just extra fluff being brought into it too. It was a, just not not great. So uh, while this was going on, um, I had bought some stock, sold it way too early again. I'm the worst at selling stock like too early. Um, I get into uh, selling sh shoes. I get really good at selling shoes. Like. Um, I'll go back to doing that again once I have uh, more overhead. <laughs> it was like my midnight hobby. I'd literally just like go through StockX and go go through all the shoe apps, and I, I would I would be I'd have like I don't know 
hundreds of bids open at any time. Damn. Um, I get through. So, so at this point, um, I'm winning overall. My first overall I won was the Idaho Cup. Um, I'm starting to see kind of like this. This is all kind of coming together in my head. Like I'm, I'm seeing it. Um, I'm kind of like you know the restrictions from COVID just really burnt me out on the corporate system. Sure. But your um, job was secure as they were doing a lot of furloughing. And- very secure. I mean, GNC always treated me really good. And they, and, and I mean, I worked my ass off. Like I, worked, sure. I was probably one of the hardest working DMs ever in the company. Um, but towards the end, I, I, you know, I, I also, you know, I, there was a, for example, why well, I had military stores. So I ran military stores and uh, when the whole, uh, and I'm I'm a neutral person. I'm just gonna say it right now. I'm very neutral on everything, but uh, I also pick my battles and I pick <laughs> problems, right? So I find little ways where I'm like, okay, how do I poke holes in this? <laughs> I they, they sent out this questionnaire. It was like, uh, have you been vaccinated? Do you plan to get vaccinated? There was no option where it was like choose not to tell, right? <laughs> so this was, like, this came down from corporate at GNC. Corporate went to every store. It was a survey. They had to take it. And I remember I was like, oh, this is it right here. The guy, I was like, I'm going to this thing up. And so I sent this email. I copied way too many people. On it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, shouldn't there be like a chose not to tell on here? And the next day it was gone. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I win. <laughs> it was nuts, man, going through all that. Um, it, was a, it was a humbling experience because then, I mean, that was basically one of the most, uh, you know, you talk about having to deal with your emotions, learning to control them. And, you know, uh, regardless of where you're at, um, you know, my goal isn't to pull people apart. My goal is always to bring people together. You know what That's I mean? Awesome. So, so whether, honestly, if someone has a completely different view of me, like one of the things I've gotten the best at is I can have a conversation. I can listen to their side. I cannot, I, you know, it doesn't bother me at all. Like I just, just, I'm just, Hey, I want to tell you my side. You tell me your side. If you disagree with me, at the end of the day, I don't care. You know what I mean? It's fine. If I disagree with you, I'm probably going to, but you know, may, maybe I see something different, you know, maybe there's something I'm not, you know, so I always try to be, play devil's advocate with myself too. Yeah. Um, so 2021 March of last year, um, that's when I was like, okay, we're going to, I, I had it all planned out. I'm like, I'm gonna, I was, well, what I wanted to do is I wanted to either move to Vegas uh, Texas, Missouri, or Florida. Okay. And our VP had came out to Washington and we had had like a, I hadn't traveled with him forever. His name's, his name's Jason. Really, really good guy. And I remember we're, we're traveling and we're talking about my development. We're talking about me and a regional director. And one, one of the comments he brought up was like, okay, John. So like, let's say uh, you're at your, you're, you're at the corporate office. We're having a big meeting it runs long and you have to eat. What are you going to do? I'm like, I'm going to pull my food out. I'm going to eat it. Like, we can't do that. You're gonna, I'm like, well, I think I mean, I'm like half the room probably will respect it because they see my dedication. Yeah. Honestly. Um, the, then there's be like 25% of it would really look down on it. And then there'd be probably like another group just saying, what the hell is wrong? wrong? This yeah. Is like, confused, <laughs> no one you know? cares. Yeah. No, yeah. It's just like, whatever, you know, she's just, you know, so, um, he, he, but he, you know, he was very, he's a good guy. He just 
that that was that was kind of the standard in his eyes, you know what I mean? And I get that, you know, and and that's really when I was like, this is just not for me. Yeah. And we started talking about Kansas City and we started talking about how it was like one of the worst districts in the company again, which it totally was. Total nightmare. I did not realize how bad it was until I got here and I didn't realize it's it's to kind of put it into perspective. I mean, I was a good fit to run it because of the whole experience with Washington. I'd also ran stores in Reno, Nevada. I'd ran stores in California. When I was in Missouri, I actually ran Houston, Texas, too, remotely. Um, yeah. yeah, it's crazy, man. Um, and uh, th- this market, though, was just such a mess. And part of it was because of how it is. Like, you got, like, a – I had a store in Springdale, Arkansas – and I had a store in Garden City, Kansas, or Dodge, Kansas, Dodge City, Kansas. And here I am in Kansas. So I'm like driving like six hours to get to these stores. You can't get a flight. It's like you, you got to drive six hours. You know what I mean? And so, you know, you, you drive all the way to the store, you stay there, you drive, and you're trying to make this budget that's nearly <laughs> impossible. <laughs> and I'm just like, and the stores are just completely trashed. You know what I mean? There was a store in Emporia, Kansas that wasn't even open. And so originally when I had moved to Kansas City, I was like, okay, I'm going to move there. And my goal was like three to five years, right? This was 20... This was last year. This was 2021, March 2021. So what had happened was um, I had uh, got invited to do a guest posing at the the Idaho Cup, which is one of the shows I'd want to open. So you already had your pro card at this point? I'm not pro yet. No, oh, wow. Okay. That's you got a guest posing yeah. as an amateur? Guest pose, yeah, that's not something you see very often. They invited that was, me to guest pose. Pretty awesome. Yeah, it was pretty it was it was definitely it was one of the most humbling uh experiences I've ever had. Yeah. Cause it's you know, you're like you're like trying to get to this level and you're really close, but you're like it's just not quite there, but you're just like reaching for it. <laughs> you're like, ah, oh, I got it. And you're just but it's just just keeps moving. <laughs> You know, uh, but yeah, it was, I got invited to guest pose and then, and then I, uh, I actually, I wasn't in great shape, but I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do another show. So I, I flew back out to Washington and I did a show. I, I, I didn't win overall in my class. The guy completely destroyed me in conditioning. It looked really good. But then I, I got a, there was a guy named Ed Connors that followed me on Instagram and I started talking to him and, uh, man, it like, uh, when he, so Ed, so for example, Ed. Ed is one of the founders of Gold's Gym, and Ed had, had basically what his model was for marketing is he would uh, fly the athletes to Gold's Gym Venice, and he had real estate. He'd give them a place to stay. He'd feed them. He'd get them connected with uh, the weeders. You know what I mean? Get them. Hopefully, get them a weeder contract. Get them. You know, some of them. You know, he, he helped everybody from Jay Cutler to John Cena. You know, I mean, we were wow. talking some of the most, and and this guy follows me on Instagram, right? So he's, he's getting involved with guys while they're still amateur to bring them up. Yes. yes. Wow. If, if you didn't know who he was, you just think he's some kind of, you know, nice old guy that you. But he's a he's a very, very smart, intelligent businessman that um, that that has he's he's a he's a good person. You know what I mean? There's some business people. I think the most successful business people understand that the, that you have to have like a system and it has you have to have expectations and you have to drive it um but you also have to build a good culture and you have to be passionate about it and you have to be yourself you know yeah. what I mean you have to actually help people not just yeah, <laughs> yeah. so ed um 
well, actually, so after the night after the, the it was actually so the night after the the Northwest Championships, it was just the experience, just the way that people were looking at me, the conversation I was having, the reactions. It was just it was nice, you know. And uh, then I then I I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to start this this company. And so that sorry, so that night I stayed up all night. I, I didn't. I stayed up all night writing my letter of resignation. I made it back home, and I still wasn't done writing this thing. Um, and then finally, I, I had sent it, and then I went to the gym. So it's like I don't know. It's like nine o'clock at night the next day, and I'm at the gym, and that's when Ed had followed me. So Ed followed me right afterwards. We started talking, and um, he gave me some really good tips. He uh, he let me read his book uh, before it came out. It's called The Three Musketeers, and uh, the first line of the book is really cool. He was, it was, uh, I was one merit badge away from becoming an Eagle Scout, and that merit badge was the badge for physical fitness. <laughs> then it flashes forward, and he's selling his shares of Gold's Gym for I don't know how many million dollars. It's a ridiculous amount on top of Sears Tower. You know, he's like, oh, I, I think I, I didn't, I think I achieved that goal in the end. You know, <laughs> so uh, I, uh, and that's kind of where, and then in November, um, I was like, well, we got to, we got to get this thing going. And that's this is November, I, 2021, November, 2021. I launched. Yep. That's, that's amazing. Oh, yeah. And it was a complete, oh man. So when I launched it, um, so wait, you hold on, you, your resignation was the same month you launched. Yep. Yeah, I, forgot, that? Man. I was like, I, I don't, I got to get this going. You know what I mean? So you like, had the gears grinding before. You were just like, you know what? Once I re resign, I'm going all in. So, I mean, I did all this wrong. I, I should have got a business loan. Definitely. I had some money saved, but it wasn't. I didn't realize. I knew it was going to be hard, but I didn't realize how much work it was going to be. And um, I have talk to a lot of people and work with a lot of people, but I just have like a certain image. Like, so for example, like here's, this is the next product coming out. This is stupid pump. This label. I mean, the, this, the, 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 the little thing up there probably took me three hours to make. You're still doing your own design and things like that. Oh, that's, I love that part. I love it. I could dude, if I had the time, if I could, I just, I could do that all day. You know what I mean? I love it. Like I literally <laughs> love, I love, I love design labels. It's like, uh, just because I don't know, like, like, so one of the, the advantages I have is, well, I worked in the supplement industry for 14 years and you see stuff come through and you know, what's good and you know, what's hot. And you kind of start to develop this image in your head of like, you know, like, like the, the yep, the, and it started out as this yep, strength.com is my website. And it started out, it actually was different. The original this this was this is different. The logo I changed I ended up changing the logo because it was too it wasn't it wasn't cool enough. <laughs> but uh, but uh, uh, yeah, so so in November I uh, the way I launched it was not how I meant to launch it. I had mixed up the first batch. So at this point I had one mixer. <laughs> I had these scales that were not very good. <laughs> I bought just a bunch of stuff. Like I just bought a bunch of raw ingredients, and I'm like. And I, but I, I had an idea of what I wanted. Like I knew, I knew what I, what I wanted to do. Right. I already had the formula. I, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. Uh, so I had this little container full of powder and I, I was on Instagram. I'm like, one day this is going to be the best pre-workout you ever had. And I took it and I drank it. 
And people were like, hey, can we buy it? And I had already created the website, my website, but it was for personal training. And uh, I'm like, well, I'll just put these little containers on the website for, I, don't, I think I put them on there for like three bucks a piece or something. And man, we had uh, 200 of them sold pretty quick. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, okay. Uh, and, but it was not good because the flavoring was terrible. <laughs> it, it, was, it was so, our, one of the reasons it's so, if you look at one thing that's interesting about my pre-workout, it's a four scoop system. Right. Okay. Most, most are one to either do a full scoop, a half a scoop or two scoops. Right. That's kind of the, the industry standard. But the, the four scoops, the way it came about is um, when I first started letting people try it, people started buying it. Um, the feedback was the hardcore people loved it. Um, like probably like 30 percent of people were like, oh, my God, maybe 20. I don't know. They were like, this is the best we work out. This is so amazing. We love it. Then everybody else was like, OK, it tastes like shit. Um, strong. There's this girl that took it that just completely like she's like John. Like that's her. Her name's Shay. She trains. Like she 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 took it and did like made her really sick. It was really strong. I mean, it, it was it fits in our insurance. We actually did remove Yohimbi because that's a mess. But um, what I had to do is I had to figure out the flavoring and I had to figure out getting it to the four scoops. And the unique part about the formula is usually like the problem is if you usually do like a scoop of like, a, like if you usually would do this with the amount of citrulline that's in one scoop, um, okay. wouldn't be enough to give you a good pump at one scoop because of the citrulline and norvaline together, one scoop, you still get a pump. You know what I mean? And the thing is that also it's, it's 75 milligrams of caffeine, but it's also 75 milligrams of theobromine. So theobromine is very similar to caffeine in the way it hits your adenosine receptor, except the energy is more euphoric and longer lasting, and it doesn't elevate your blood pressure. So it completely caters to, you know, if, you, if you're somebody that can have 75 milligrams of caffeine, you can still take this pre-workout. You know what I mean? Um, and you're going to feel like way more, and it has superzene, alpha GPC, some different stuff for cognitive function, mental clarity, mental endurance. Um but, but but the way it scales is it's effective at each dose, and that's what's unique about it. Um, and then the, the flavoring was like, I spent so much money on flavoring, man. It was because originally what I wanted to do was I wanted to take my formula. I wanted to do what normal people would do. I wanted to go to a manufacturer. I wanted to say, hey, this is what I want to make. But when I went to do that, to make what I wanted to make, it was just too expensive. It just wasn't like, cause I'm thinking, okay, I, I, I wanted, I didn't want to just do direct to consumer. You know what I mean? I wanted to be able to do wholesale and I wanted to be able to get into retail. You know what sure. I mean? I want to take this whole thing full circle. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's your bread and butter getting back into the stores. Yeah. And, uh, so, so, uh, well, what I ended up doing is I ended up buying a bunch of equipment. I mean, I bought lab grade mixers. I went through, I talked to all different types of companies and I figured out exactly what I needed to do. The flavoring though was the most challenging part. And it was because of two parts. So one, you would think like some of the basic ingredients like sucralose, right? You think you'd buy it for one place and it would just be the same. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but it's not that, it's not that way. The sucralose. Interesting. It, the color the taste, the, the molecular. It can vary from one provider to another. It can be completely different. And just throws off your entire formula. 
So yeah, and I, I buy my sucralose from one person, one person <laughs> only. I buy it from anywhere else. If they ever go out of business, I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back to the drawing board. It's literally like it's just that that's that's part of it. And also, uh, I mean, there's some ingredients in the formula that make it hard to flavor and make it challenging. Sure. But there was a month. So the sure. month leading up to MPC Nationals. So I, I did uh, MPC Nationals in 2021. And that, that, that was like one of the most difficult preps of my life because literally like, I was like, I got to get this thing. And at that point, that's when Shane came on. At that point, my mom started working for me. Um, cause literally like my taste buds were gone. Like I couldn't taste like I just from like sampling, like, you know, like messing with citric acid to probably put too much citric acid in some of them. And, and I'm literally just mixing stuff up. I'm spitting stuff out. I'm buying stuff from everyone. I'm talking to different. I talked to some of the guys at Ghost, for example. Like they, 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 they gave me like some ideas, but it definitely ended up being completely different. How um, did um, from a business perspective, how were you able to sort of pick the brains of guys that I guess you're essentially competing with? I was friends with them. Oh, <laughs> that's, <laughs> so, that's but, an easy answer. This is the thing. So most, so okay. So for example, <laughs> I was friends with them. people like Jay, right? You know, me, me and him both sell bodybuilders. So this, this is the thing, especially with bodybuilding. One of the unique things about the sport of bodybuilding, the best athlete, everybody wants to win, right? Everybody wants to win. Um, some people, it's like their goal is to be a pro card, get their pro card. Some people, their goal is to win a pro show. Some people want to be Mr. Olympia. So there's different levels. Nobody wants right. to lose. But the bodybuilding community, most people, like I would say like 80%, maybe higher than that, especially the people that are really good, there's a bond because they took so much work to get there. Yeah. And there's almost like an understanding of it's like, look, like we're going to do everything we can. We want to go as far as we can in the sport, but there's so many different things that can happen at a show. Um, you know, it's the best, the best man on stage wins, you know what I yeah. mean? And, um, sure. So, so for example, like there are some companies, like there was a gym that I was going to demo at and they invited me actually to go to it. And then they uninvited me because their uh, daughter's fiance had a pre-workout company and was trying to start one. There's people like that. And then there's people like Jay, you know what I mean? That they're like, you know, it's, I think it's, it's a bigger, it's a bigger thing. It's yeah. They want to do business. Yeah. They want to crush it. Yeah. They want to beat me. But, you know, like it's a it's a space where people aren't going to use the same pre-workout for the rest of their life. Yeah. You know what I mean, it's just they're, they're going to you're going to change it up. You're going to try different products. You know, I mean, yeah, I want people to buy. Yep. Every single time they go. And there's some people that are going to do that because they like it so much. I mean, I just, literally I made the formula because it's what I wanted. You know, what I mean, yeah. so it's, of course, like I'm in the flavoring. We, got, we, we went so far across the spectrum on the flavoring. Our apple fire, you could arguably say, is one of the best tasting pre workouts on the. That board. was amazing. I think that's the one you had me try at Fit Club. Yeah. That one was delicious. Yeah, but to get it there was was so much. I mean, it was like uh, there was a lot of mistakes we made in the beginning. So we had to redo the flavoring. We had like multiple times. We had to revamp the packaging to get it to where it's at now because it's like you know the, the first packaging was pretty cool but then when i actually saw it on a shelf next to products i was like oh i was like it's not it doesn't stand out enough and uh now, now the thing about it mine is there's like a like so you see the hologram 
Uh, you can't see. Now. Okay, right there. Right there. It's me doing a decline chest fly. If uh, you see it in person, it hits when it hits. Oh, kind of. Yeah, that's my face right there. Is it with dumbbells or the barbell? It's cable. Oh. Decline cable fly. Um, it used to be completely different, but the little details, man, they go so far, and people actually really appreciate that. This one, this one's going to blow away everything. I mean, that's that's like, have you ever seen a label like that? I saw that on your Instagram. That That is really cool looking. Yeah, there's a lot of retailers. That, I mean, there's already excitement behind it, so I'm pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I got, a, like, Big Dan up in Oregon. He's already going to get it. You know, I, there's, I mean, I'm sure S2 will probably be the first place I go. They were, they were one of the, the bigger companies earlier on to pick up my line. Um, that's and, awesome. And, yeah. Well, so that's the other thing, too, when you're when – you're in. Jeff and Kyle, they're the owners. They're the they're the owners of the S twos in the Kansas City area, and um, what they've done is they've built a really good culture, and their people are all all certified personal trainers. Um, they're all they un, they they understand ingredients. They have a belt. They have a like a WWE belt, like a big you know product champion. They have an axe. It's like hardest worker. You know what I mean? So they've, they've done a really good job. But when you can get your product into a store like that and with people that are educated, you know what I mean? And they understand the formula, that's, that's almost better than you, you lose some margin doing wholesale, but you really get some growth, especially if you can get um, the people in the company behind your brand. Um, I'm sorry. I kind of just jumped like a lot, but, but um where I was going, we made a lot of mistakes. The first mistake, we, we so I had this whole, I, when I first started doing an events, the first event we did, well, so I did NPC Nationals, and I wasn't going to compete until NPC Nationals this year. Well, that completely changed. So the last NPC National that you're referring to is when? Mm, December 2021. Oh, wow. So Yep Strength is like a month old? Yeah. And okay. I'm competing for my pro card. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was one of the reasons so part of it too like it's a busy month well i wanted to completely submerge myself like you know what i mean i wanted to like like gnc was great but it, I, I wanted i want to be in the gym or i want to be around bodybuilding i want to be around i just want to be submerged in the culture like 20 it's almost too much sometimes it's it's i just want to be there i just love i love you know walking into a gym and just there's different vibes you know like elevation was Fit club. Okay, so for for example, Fit Club. Fit Club is a great example. You walk into Fit Club, it's a completely different vibe than going into Dragon's Lair. I've never been to Dragon's Lair, but I know that people like the vibe is pretty cool at Fit Club. I don't know what the vibe it's is at other really places. Good. You know what I mean? They're completely different. So that's like that's like like one of the things I like about going into gyms is just like then they you know using different equipment and so it it helps my career in a lot of different ways too and it's definitely helped me grow just my knowledge and lifting and and that allows me to help people and it also builds a story and that's kind of one of the most important parts about a, a, a sports brand is having a story behind it if you look at some of the all the best ones they either a have done a really good job in marketing b have like a really 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 good story or c it's some person that's really famous that launched a line you know what I mean? And so, you know, one of my goals when I, as I was thinking about how to put all this together was there has to be a story. And this guy named Jack, 
who uh, he runs like nine shows for the MPC. He's a really great guy, really good promoter. He's old school. Just <laughs> I mean, when you, you have to, you have to kind of, he doesn't just accept you. You got to, you got to earn that. <laughs> so I remember, so I wasn't going to compete until NPC nationals. And I had started signing up for all these bodybuilding shows. I was getting booths out. I got a booth at the Texas legends. Uh, so real quick. So I have, I'm trying to have really four main markets. Okay. If you look, so I got Pacific Northwest. That's I was there for 10 years. Right. Sure. You got the Midwest, which really grew when I got here. Texas, so Metroflex, when I was a kid, like that was like my Disneyland, right? Like Ronnie Coleman, you know, I had to go, I had to go to Metroflex, you know, and, I, and, and so Texas, and I love Miami. I just haven't figured out a way to get connected to them, and I'm flying there tomorrow, and I'm so excited about the people I'm going to meet. And what's really crazy is like one of my one of my Lucas and Julian. Lucas, he's another, he's a really good online coach. He's had a LBE training. He's had a very, very Lucas. What's his Duncan? Yeah, yeah. I know. You know what I'm about? I know. Yeah. I don't. I don't know him. I know of him. He has a crazy story, man. He has a really crazy story. He he uh, he was a bodybuilder. I knew him uh, right out of high school. I met him through my friend Ryan and That's Julian. Cool. Julian, they they live together. Julian runs Bodybuilding Nation, which is one of the larger um, bodybuilding. Uh, I don't know what you call it. It's like a, I guess, bodybuilding media sites. He puts out a lot of, he started it. He started all these little Instagram accounts when he was in high school. And now he makes a living running them. That's amazing. <laughs> he, started, he... he started them because he, he didn't want to put himself on Instagram because he didn't think he was big enough. So he started these accounts, started posting all this bodybuilding uh, uh, stuff on them. And, and the next thing you know, he's, this is job. Is he a part owner of Elevation? Oh, okay. Angels, so the way that worked, and this is one of the things I learned, and we can jump to this actually because this is great. So networking is so important, man. Like networking is like everything, and that's something I've done. So Brian Dobbs, and he owns Metroflex. There's the meeting. You meet certain people, and you just know people, right? I met Brian. He's just like a – it's more than just money to him. It's his passion, man, like – he helped Branch. He helped Jay. I mean, the guy's almost too nice. You know what I mean? I worry about him sometimes. Like, he, he just wants people to succeed. And that's how he's become successful. Same thing with Ed. Um, Angel. So the way it had actually elevation. So I met um, – how did I end up at elevation? Ross. I met Ross when at Fit Club. Okay. Ross, trainer at Fit Club yep. and elevation. Um. Ross. You had known him before, or you met him at Fit Club? Met him, I met him at Fit Club. Yeah, I met him. At, so I came out. How did I end up at Fit Club? Oh, Brian. So, okay. So, one of my, there was an employee. So, there was, the, so when I, I, I did USAs, and uh, that was the last bodybuilding show I did. And uh, my friend Brian and his wife, um, when they saw that I was coming out, they're like, hey, you should come to Fit Club. Brian, they both worked for me. Uh, for GNC, both really, really just phenomenal people. They Brian, invited me to Brian and Cynthia. Yep, Brian and Cynthia. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah they're Cynthia. super nice people. Yeah, and Brian and Cynthia invited me out. Brian and Cynthia's like, "Hey, you should come to Fit Club." I'm like, oh, that'd be great. You know what I mean? And so uh, I came to Fit Club, and then I met, you know, of course, yeah, Cynthia competed at nationals, right? Cynthia and I both competed at nationals. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, then, awesome. I, then I meet everybody at Fit Club and I hit it off with everybody there. You know what I mean? And and uh, then then I end up at Elevation and hit it off all the people there. Uh, hit it off really well. This girl named Mika, and she's like, you should come to Florida. And I'm like, dude, I should come to Florida. Like, <laughs> she's part of the. She's part of Miami Elevation. Yeah, she's she's more of a I don't know friend. I guess I'd say I'm I'm trying like I don't really want to necessarily be in a real. It's not a good idea for me to be in a relationship. I just I, not not that I don't want to be in a relationship. It's just like every time I it's hard time. You know what I mean? Like relationships require time. Um, they require. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I would, if I could figure out the right person, I could probably be in a relationship. It's just, and she's a, she's IFBB pro bikini. So I don't know, but it's, I, right now where I'm at, it's just every time I even think about that, I just, I, I, I don't ever want to hurt anybody. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when, I, when I, my last relationship was probably one of my best ones. And, uh, her name was Tabitha and she moved out here with me from Seattle and man, that girl was just the sweetest person on earth. When she got out here, she didn't have any friends. You know, it was her first time leaving, like living anywhere other than Washington. Um, I'm working my ass off. I mean, my goal is kind of, if I would be here, if, this, if it was how it was now, it probably would have worked out. I mean, think it didn't work out and it's, it's okay. But um, I guess just kind of after seeing how hurt she was, and realizing, like, I just can't juggle both right now. Um, and also realizing, too, that, um, I don't know, I have to be selfish a lot of times. Not that I don't want, it's not that I don't want to, like, be, take care of the person. It's just to get to where I'm going. It's like, look, I have to, like, you know, someone's not just going to send me a paycheck. I don't just get a paycheck, you know, every Friday and, uh, you know, deposit in my bank account or whatever. I uh, I have to work for that, and um, I can't have bad weeks. I got to have good weeks, and then um, you know I need to pay my employees more money. You know what I mean? And that require, and I need to launch more products. Yeah, so all that requires time, and um, you know, and if, if I uh, get distracted and my time um, gets taken away from the business, um, then it hurts. Not just me, but a lot of other people. You know what I mean? So it hurts Shane. It hurts his family. You know, it hurts, you know. Um, so I got to be driving it. Now, I mean, you know, me and Mika, it's funny. She came out. She tried to smelling salt, right? And she asked me if I wanted to train Dells. I'm like, hell yeah, let's train Dells. So I said, hey, you want to go zip lining? So I'm zip lining on Fremont Street, which is really cool. Uh, <laughs> I haven't tried that. You liked it? It's great. Yeah. I mean, it's like <laughs> flying down the street. Yeah, it's great. Um, and I met Angel. So Angel, uh, he, he started Elevation. All these gym owners have really crazy stories. He, he worked his ass off to grow it. Now they're just really phenomenal guy. And I, I, I had messaged him and I said, I said, Hey man, like, um, I'd really like to come out to your gyms and, and, uh, you know, introduce my product to people. And he just invited me with like open arms. He's like, yeah, man, just tell me when you want to come. And I'm like, thank you. You know, it's just like, it's just the, it's a that, great opportunity. You got, you got different people. That, that's, that's the big thing that I learned, though. You know what I mean? Because I said, hey, you know, like, you want me to pay you, like, a commission? Or, like, is there something you want? You know what I mean? Because I, I don't want to – I understand business. I don't want to step on – he's like, no, just come. You know, and that's how a lot of – you know, that's how a lot of um, 
a lot of people in the fitness world, they, they want to see people succeed. And I think it's because they know how hard it is starting out. I mean, it's not. I think it's also a win-win because like you're providing a little bit of, you're, you're providing something to their members. Um, I would think it's a win-win, you know, having a vendor show up and obviously you guys are entertaining and whatnot. So we're putting stuff all over social media and yeah, in a, exactly. Smelling salt videos. I mean, the, the yeah, you're tagging people. Yeah. So I would imagine it's a win-win and the, I know you were at elevation during their grand opening weekend. So you were just adding more social media attention to their, to their launch. So well, I'd they imagine. Love it too. they have so much fun. You know what I mean? That's the thing. Like, you know, like when I was with GNC, that's another skill I learned. So, um, one of the reasons, so GNC is really focused on like certain sales metrics and those sales metrics are great for the business, but, um, there's nothing. Okay. So what S2 does a really good job of is connecting with the community, right? That's one of the things. As soon as I moved to Kansas city, I saw, and I'm like, damn, they're trying really hard. They're at everything. And, um, and that was also a big disadvantage for me, right? So here I am taking over this new market, and I'm looking at this. I'm like, dude, this is like this is what I was doing in Washington, <laughs> you know what I mean? Except they own it and they're killing it, you know what I mean? And uh, so, yeah, it's it's a culture thing, man. It's the gyms. I've been to almost all the gyms in the Midwest. I've been to a lot of gyms in Vegas, a lot of gyms in Washington, like a lot of gyms carry my product. You know, I wish I could go to some of them more. Like I, I would love to go out. I need to get out to Washington and go to big iron and house of pumps. And, you right. know, um, it's just hard to be everywhere you want to go. And you always, the trips are important though. So my first trip, we went to, went to Texas and we, I blew so much money. I had no idea what I was doing. Like, so I, I flew my mom out. I flew Shane out. Um, I threw our main athlete, Jenny, out, spent a bunch of money on an Airbnb, spent a bunch of money on flights, a bunch of money on a rental car. We had to fly the product out. And I was like, well, this was definitely, you know, we, we don't get me wrong. We got some vendor connections. We sold a lot of product. It wasn't, but you really need to like break even on these. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you need to, you need to like break even. It needs to be a break even because you're going to get more online sales too and Online sales always pick up as soon as you're at these things, you know, because it's a story and people like it. People are like, oh, this is cool. You know what I mean? And if they don't buy it there, then sometimes people go online and buy it. And that's how you build a brand. But um, initially, that, 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 that one was definitely not good. The one in St. Louis, <clears throat> so I won the overall Legends, though. Um, I got invited uh, to guest pose with Keon Pierce and Martin. So at that, at that point, you got your pro card at the Legends. No, I don't got my pro card yet. So no, oh. no overall, you got it. So so what happens is, so most people like what they do is they do one. Sh the goal, like so for for a bodybuilder, like really what your goal is is to win overall or win your class so you can qualify for uh, a national level show. And then you have to finish. Most shows you have to get first place. There's some where they take the top two if the class is big enough. And right. those people get your pro card. Well, I had four shows in a row, and I was only going to do one. I wasn't going to do any of them. So what, what had happened during this time was me and Jenny had gone out to this. Uh, we, we, well, I needed to get my name out in the Midwest because my name had grown in Washington. My name was kind of known in Kansas City. My name wasn't known in Nebraska. So I went out to Nebraska to this NPC seminar. We drove out there, and, me, and Jenny is another just – phenomenal athlete um she has a lot of potential man i hope she she's 
hope she gets on stage soon and really brings it because she can, she's not right now, but I hope she does. Um, and, uh, me and, me and her go out there and I was in pretty good shape cause we just did a photo shoot for the thing. And, uh, I meet Jack and, and he's like, who are you? And I'm like, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm John. I own Yep. I'm coming out. He's like, why are you not doing my show? And I'm like, well, you know, I, I'm doing NPC national. He's like, you're not, you had a problem. He did it really. He's like, you have a problem with the Midwest or something. I'm like, <laughs> no, I just moved here. And I just, I wanted to go to them. That's why I'm here. You know, and then my head, my brain started turning. I'm like, well, shit, if I could, this is, if I could win, if I could win, you know, a couple overalls, you know what I mean? I started thinking that that, that could help drive sales too and create the story. Of course. Yeah. So, so what I did was I literally set up booths at these shows and did them. So, so the first one was, uh, was we did four in a row. So the first one was, um, Texas legends. My best look was the Midwest championships in St. Louis. And we did really well in that show. Um, my third show was, I won overall there, but it was probably one of the craziest ones. So at that point, um, I was getting low on money. I was like almost out <laughs> and uh, I needed in order to, to close a deal, I needed to get my wholesale price down and in okay. order to get my wholesale price down. I had to drop some, some cash and uh, I wasn't going to originally, I wasn't going to go to the empire classic in Spokane, Washington. They offered me a free booth and I'm like, I just got to do four in a row. I go, that's just, this is supposed to happen. But literally, like, I mean, I was, like, out of money. Like, like literally, like, very close to zero. <laughs> very close. And uh, so I'll tell the whole story. So I, I dropped. I mean, I bought a lot of stuff to get the wholesale price down. We ended up getting in, which was great. Um, but it was uh, definitely a huge risk. And uh, so by the time I got out to Spokane, like, literally, I had paid for the – I hadn't bought a hotel. I could afford a hotel, but I was so like, you know, when you're used to having, you know, lots of zeros in your bank account, you know, it's, it's a great feeling. When you see it low, you're like, oh, shit. You're like, and you're not like, you know, you're used to being able to spend, you know, a little more money than you're used to spend and stuff like that. And I was literally so like paranoid that what I ended up doing was I got a, a membership at a 24 hour gym. I got a seven day pass and I, I slept out in front of this gym literally. And I got up the next day. And what's funny is I flew out to the show on my own. This was the first one I'd actually flown to my own. So I met two kids at the gym, really good dudes. And uh, um, I was like, Hey, uh, you guys want to be yep athletes and help me at the booth? We're going to do the show too, right? So they, they ended up, I ended up having support. I figured I, I scattered out my guys, right? <laughs> so I, I sleep in front of this gym and I had to, well, I, I was like, I had to go. Back. So you're sleeping in like a rental car? I slept in, I slept in a rental car in front of the gym. Good Clearly. for you. And so, uh, so the next day I woke up, we had a great pre-judging, made a ton of money. I first call out right in the center. Uh, great, a great look, came back, smoked a night show. Um, and it was a very, that was a, very, and, and then, and then like the, then, uh, I think we closed a big deal right after that too, because of the, being able to lower our wholesale price down. And so it, it worked out, but that was definitely a situation where I was like, oh shit, this is not good. <laughs> That's wild. 
Yeah. Then the, then the weekend, then the weekend after that, um, which this whole trip was already paid for. And this is another learning experience. What I was doing, man, like you can't just, you know, you, if you wanted to book like four months worth of events, like that's a lot of cash, just like hanging out there from flights, hotels, we don't have to pay for the rental car until you get it. Uh, the event fee, you know what I mean? Um, it's a lot of, a lot of money. I mean, if, if you're booking it all in advance, just hanging out there, especially if you're a small business and you got to, so learning how to budget. What's funny is I was like a really good budgeter up until the point where I just had such a good routine going that it just flowed. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I take that and I'm just like, I'm going to rip it all apart. I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to do this. I'm like, yeah, let's go. And then I'm like, okay, uh, maybe we're going to have to cut back a little bit on not <laughs> restaurants and not fly everybody to Texas and not, you know what I mean? So it quickly, there was a really quick shift, man. And I, I like, I did everything. It's like, you know, I'm like, okay, we're like, like, uh, there's a, there's a, I used to get everything from Costco, right? Now I go to two grocery stores. I'm not going to tell anybody the name of the grocery store I go to because they have half-priced chicken. You can only buy two at a time. And I go every day and I buy two things of chicken breast. And it cuts. We got to cook it. Raw chicken breast. It, 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 it literally, it literally, like, it's half price. You know how much chicken? I eat both of them every day. Wow. You're like the only one winning in the inflation world we're in. <laughs> Yeah, it's half fresh chicken. It's literally like two dollars and forty cents a pound. Oh my god! For chicken, I, I think most of the places is like four dollars or more, right? I don't know. I don't yeah. buy raw chicken. Well, that's a weird. That's a weird example. But man, like I came down hard. Like I never. Like I literally flipped from like like being. Uh, well, part of it too. Like I was going through like my taxes. We, we kind of talked about that. <laughs> I look at how much money I just wasted. Like the previous, I didn't waste it, but like a lot of it was write-off stuff because it was travel, you know, and I put my girlfriend everywhere or I did, you know what I mean? But I was looking at like some of these dinners and some of the stuff I did and I'm like, (sighs) I'm like, this isn't good. I'm like, this is not, not good. I'm like, this is something I'm going to have to fix. It's a problem. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, when you, when you, it's, it's funny because like, you know, when when you when you uh, when you run the business, you really get a better understanding of like, you know, like when you're a kid, you think a hundred dollars is a lot, right? When you're first start to grow as an adult, you think ten thousand dollars is a lot. Then it's a hundred thousand dollars. Then at some point, it's a million, right? Then it's whatever. Well, ten thousand dollars ain't shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you yeah. really- $10,000 is like a drop in the, the, the bucket. You know what I mean? And so you start to slice that pie up. And uh, if, if I wouldn't have really balanced my budget and got strict on that, I would not be in business right now. And there's other stuff I've done too. Like I started to kind of go away from my online coaching. I brought that back real quick. Um, it was, I went through like a, I, I did it for a short sprint. I was like, I got like, I just got like, so like, I was like, how can I make money? Like, what are serious ways to make money? And I was like, okay, I'm like, okay, how can I split? Cause, cause I have to go to the gym, right? I have to lift. And really from like, I mean, at least from like 10 to five or later, I have to be just a hundred percent focused on yet. I can't do anything, but yeah, it has to be. yep. So you 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. is when you're all yep. I'm all yep all day now. 
Oh, okay. oh not online coaching at the moment? I do online coaching too. Oh, okay. I do almost all my online coaching on Sunday. Oh, that's pretty sweet. It's a, it's a, it, it's, well, sometimes I don't go to bed till 3 a.m. <laughs> all, all the check-ins and. It depends on what time, it depends on what time I get back from, uh, it depends on what time I get back from a trip sometimes. I'm like, and you know, I've gotten better to like, I, I have the schedule, but I, I do the majority of it um, on Sundays. I do the majority of everything on Sunday for that. Damn. Um, but uh, I was doing a, I, I did Uber for a while. I got paranoid about, man, I was one of the best Uber drivers. So what's funny is I was like, okay, how many tubs of pre-workout can I sell while I Uber? Right. I'm like, I'm like, can I sell it? Like, I'm like, man, if I can sell like five tubs of pre-workout, that's pretty good. You know what I mean? That's a great like, sales goal. You know, think about it. You come, you come, I show up and you see me and like, and this, this is like usually what I'm wearing. You know what I mean? And I'm loud, you know, and dude. Hey, I, great billboard for I'm one of the highest fitness. drivers on earth. I'm not joking. I, I smashed it when I did that for a while. But there, there was a lot of stuff like, because it was like, it was like I was uh, at the end of my fighting career. I had a lot of money. I moved out to Washington. I had a lot of money. I went through my divorce. I was broke. I, uh, as I exited my divorce, I was killing it at GNC. I was killing it um, on shoes. I was killing it on online coaching. And I had some pretty good crypto uh, trades that I did too. They were pretty, I, I capitalized on Shiba. I sold it right at the top. Very nice. Right at the top. Right at the top. Nobody made up else. For, made up for all those stocks you sold <laughs> early. I'm like, no. I'm like, no, I'm getting rid of this thing. <laughs> who says what? I'm done. And man, that thing crashed like a freaking. I was like, oh, thank God I did that. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, uh, I was really into that for a while. I needed, eventually, I will go back to either stocks. Or, I mean, right now the market's not necessarily a really pretty thing. I guess mean, it's a buyer's market. So if you want to buy, but you got to be patient and set on some stuff right now. Yeah. So, in which I need to be, I, you know, when you start talking, well, this is what you do. Um, one of the things that I wish I would have done better is I would have taken certain stocks and just never, never let them go. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then a long-term approach to it. Yeah, and then had my. I was. Very, I've always been a very like. Oh, I made uh four thousand, five thousand, six thousand, ten thousand sell. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where with stuff like like especially like crypto, you know what I mean? Or I really like shoes, man. I could just hustle shoes. Like I'm telling you, man, I could flip shoes like crazy. I had a, such a good spree. I was buying these shoes and I was just reselling them, and I had all these apps, and I, I'd literally do it just. Like midnight. At midnight, I just lay in bed and work on shoes and flip shoes. <laughs> yeah, and then, man, I got uh, my best my best shoes I ever sold were the Retro Six Raptor Drakes. So I bought them. I bought two pairs for just over two hundred dollars and sold both for over a thousand. Or no, I sold I sold one for over a thousand. Which for shoes, buying that, that huge of a a margin is pretty good. Um, and I put the other pair on. I was like, I'm wearing these bad boys. <laughs> so they're still probably my favorite pair of shoes. But I, I got a little off subject. But uh, that, that's kind of I don't know. I, I guess that's that's what got me into the to uh, to this was I I I guess I um I wanted more. I uh, 
I always thought I was capable of, of, of uh, doing more. And uh, now I'm finally fully doing that and we're having success. We've had some challenging times. Um, I've made a lot of mistakes and I continue to learn. Um, but I think, I think that's, that's the thing. A, people keep doing the same thing over and over again, failing over and over and over again because they never change. Or B, they just give up. You know what I mean? I mean, that's, that's a lot of growth, it sounds like, for you're just coming up now on your one-year anniversary. That's, <laughs> We're positive that's... cash flow. We've been posit- well, I had to be positive cash flow. We've been positive cash flow for the last – well, we've been positive cash flow for the last three months straight. We're making a profit. That's awesome, especially and considering positive- it sounds like in the beginning you had to, a pretty large cash outlay to get all that manufacturing equipment. Yeah, man, I was just throwing money. Well, yeah, that and – it's just, you know, trying to, you, you got to learn and learning costs money. Like people, it's like you spend a lot of money on college, but you also got to spend a lot of money on the thing about, about supplements or well about anything really, you got to be on everything, you know, like we, 86% of people that visit our website, visit it through social media. Every day I post at least twice on Instagram at least once on Facebook, at least once on TikTok. I just started doing LinkedIn again, which I'm going to have a lot of fun with because I got the best. My whole audience is so different. And I'm just like, damn, we're just going to have, we're going to put all the best smelling salt videos on there. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but, and then, uh, but, uh, we, you know, you you got, you got to have your direct consumer. You got to have your online sales. You got to do the, the events, the, the events, man, just because of the networking even, or just, you know, this, you know, this wouldn't happen unless I yeah. run, um, you know, then you got to do Amazon and Amazon is like a whole nother beast, man. I've wasted so much money on that. We're making money now. Now we're selling out the smelling salts. That's definitely going to be, um, we're making money on smelling salts big time on, on Amazon. Amazon is and with Amazon, well, I waste a lot of money on Amazon. So what I did originally, most of the people that I've had work for me have been people that I knew really well. Um, but I had a friend that had um, that, that had, had somebody help him with some projects. Um, and he supposedly knew about Amazon. And the problem with Amazon, especially when you start talking about pre-workout, is it's so saturated. Yeah. And... Um, the trick with Amazon really is being on, you either build your brand so big that people are just typing it in and buying it. Right. You know what I mean? Or you're paying a ridiculous amount of money to, for the people to see it first. You know what I mean? That's just what it, what it comes down to. Um, so it's, 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 uh, Amazon is definitely tricky to, to figure out, but we, we figured out, I figured out some ways around that. We're on eBay. We we make sales on. We sell we sell a bottle. We sell we sell a lot. Yeah, we sell. eBay's. Been, I never thought we. I almost didn't put myself on eBay because I just thought it was like a. I don't know. Trade you know sell old stuff on it and you know what I mean. But we sell a lot of we sell a lot on eBay. You know I never thought we would, but we do. Yeah, I didn't know. I mean, maybe some of the listeners are different, but I always associated eBay with like used stuff, not like so new. Price. We, That's we awesome. don't discount on anything. We give uh well I take it back we give a we give a ten percent uh case discount on eBay which is we ha- we we have a we have to have um uh, a map agreement 
uh, with with our retailers, um, so our pricing is fair. And, and honestly, I think that's really important. I think that's where a lot of companies mess up is where they over discount their products and they mm-hmm. uh, sell themselves way short, and then they're pissing off retailers because well, let's just face it, man. Like the retailers have to make their money. Yeah, you make your money. Any platform has to make its money, and to be able to make all that work, it's a lot balance. Even part. even like you know, like one of the challenges I've had is um, with retailers, right? Like, um, and one well, one, okay. So one of the things that I've, I'm really happy about is I I've, I I, I, um, I you know like like okay, if you take S two for example, or Kamikaze, or Big Dan's, or United or these some of these others bigger or smaller stores like there's certain ones I like just because they're good people and they're people I would you know I think would represent the brand right well um those people are just just very very important you can't let them down you know what I mean but sure. but the other balance is when you start talking about um I'm not a big fan of exclusivity um, I thought about that a lot because you can make money doing that. But the problem with exclusivity is it cuts people out. And my whole thing has always been bringing people together. And so if I have my product exclusively in a store, what's well, cutting people out? You know what I mean? And that's like, and so like one of the things that I've been able to navigate really well, especially in Kansas city is I'm friends with every single gym owner. Every gym owner. And that's a hard thing to do, man, because everybody's different. You know, um, some people just want you to be there. Like Jason May, who owns Flex. So Flex Fitness is like my home gym. Um, Thankfully, you know, he he understands like, look, John, he, he knows. He knows that Flex is my home. But he also knows that, you know, I'm trying to run a business and, you know, I'm trying to do good things for the community in Kansas City. And, you know, I'm trying to do good things for the places that I really like being, you know, where I like being is I like being in Kansas City. I like being in Vegas. I like being in Seattle. I like being in Miami. And I like being in Texas. That's a lot of places. I used to like being in L.A., but I don't really like I don't know. I've been back for a while. Yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah. <laughs> but that balance of being able to like that that's so important for a business owner and trying to figure and it's not easy because in your head you're like it's like uh you're gonna have to have like conversations with people and those conversations are just so important the way they go. Or even like just Shane, me and Shane had a conversation the other day and we really needed to have it because we just weren't on the same page. You know, is he I mean? um, is he equity in your company, or you own it? I own all of it. Um, and he's okay, like your... eventually, as we grow, um, I'll probably actually give him a percent of equity. But um, right now, he's like your right hand man. You he's said my right hand man. Yeah, That's he's awesome. my right hand man. He he he's um, it would be very difficult to to, to run the company without him. <laughs> That's great. That I'd be being a yeah. <laughs> But uh, he uh. We, we, we were having a conversation just the other day and we were just so far off page on some stuff and we got it figured out and it just the productivity, it just, it just switches just like that, you know, but communication is just so important, man. It's just being able to have good conversations with people and show that you care and show that you really want to help when people see that, you know what I mean? Cause yeah, I want to sell pre-workout, but I didn't start yet just to sell pre-workout. You know what I mean? I started yet because you know, in 2016, I was sitting there looking at myself in the mirror 
And I'm like, man, like, I don't just want to be this corporate guy that follows these rules. You know what I mean? I want to be able to create change. You know what I mean? And I want to show people when, you know, they work hard and never give up, you know, they can, they can achieve their dreams and they can achieve their goals. You know what I mean? So hopefully, yeah, hopefully when I'm, when I'm, you know, that, that hopefully that's, that that's the vibe I want to give off to people. And it's cause it's like, especially right now, it's tough, man. It's still tough. Everybody coming out of everything. It's been a, I mean, I, I talk to these high school kids and these kids that graduated, you know what I mean? And it's just the conversations I have with some are just crazy and they take away a lot from it. You know what I mean? And like, uh, I, uh, I, uh, I never thought I would do Snapchat. Like I never, I talked to, so, so I had some, I didn't know a video. I don't really understand Snapchat that much, but I've had some stuff go like super viral on it. Oh, wow. And, uh, the one of them was like a, like a, like a, like a peak check, like a flex video. And I had all these kids send me pictures of them flexing. Like it was just like, they just sent me and I was like, what is going on? I couldn't finally, I tracked it back to a video that had like a million views. I was like, Oh, cool. I was like, this is, this oh. is me. Yeah. And, um, but, uh, but that's what I'm really trying to do with these platforms. You know, the, the I always talk about, yep, yeah, because it's my job. And if I'm not making money, I can't do what I want to do. But at the same time, it's not just about making money. It's trying to, you know, show people that believe in yourself. You never give up. You can do good things. Cause the number one reason people aren't successful. There's just so many people out there that never do what they really want to do. Yeah. You know? So That's... they want to be an entrepreneur, but they get comfortable or they get stuck in something or they're in a relationship and they're unhappy, but they don't know how to get out. Or um, they they mess up. They make a mistake, right? They go to jail or, you know, they go through bankruptcy, but they never are able to turn it around because they give up. They just end up doing something they never want to do for the rest of their life and they're unhappy. Where I think, you know, they, they probably want to put in the work and do it. And if they figure out what they really love, they can do it. It's just not easy. Yeah, that's... <laughs> that's a tough one. I agree. Like it's, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't give up the entrepreneur journey for anything, but it's, there's a lot of people that talk about it. And it's like, you just got to do it. You just got to do it. That's the, there's never a perfect time. No. When I, when I, like I said, when I started, it was like, you know, I had some money, but I didn't have like what I had before I got divorced. I wasn't like, you know what I mean? I wasn't like, um, I wasn't where I needed to be yet. But I, I said, you know what? Like, I'm just going to make it work. And it's not necessarily the. I, now I had a business plan. I guess I shouldn't say that. I had a business plan laid out. I knew what I wanted to do for yet. I thought I knew what I wanted to do for Yev. Um, I, you know, I, I did some. You know, I learned how to, to do website. I grew my social media. I had all the experience from GNC. I had a lot of partnerships already. And uh, now it's just, man, I'm just thankful every day because it just grows and grows and grows and grows and grows. And that's now, now my biggest thing is like, there's just, you know, I wish I could talk to everybody. I wish I could remember everybody's name. I try to do it the best I can, but it's hard sometimes, man. People like will come up to me and I just like, uh, like people, I'll talk to people on social media and they'll come up to me. And I just have no idea, especially if it's on Snapchat. If you talk to me on Snapchat, I have no idea who you are until you tell me. <laughs> Like yeah, it's just, it's just it's it's a weird or even um there was this girl named Cassie that I had uh, met at an event um at Element Fitness and uh she was talking to me and I get this like customer service like 
oh, you know, you can go buy it here. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't even comprehend who I'm talking to. And then she's like, oh, it's Cassie. And I'm like, oh, Cassie who? Oh. And then I finally put two and two together. And I'm like, oh, man, I fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be tough. I mean, when I, the, even this day I saw you, I feel like you were talking to like at least 10, 15 people before I, I left. So it's like, that's, I mean, you're, you're networking all day. So that's, it's tough to remember people. It's tough to remember people. And it's tough to like, you know, like what I'm trying to really get down now is, well, I have to continue to build my revenue because we're going to have to expand our manufacturing big time. Um, We need to hire more people. I'm launching another product (laughs) next week. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's just like, it's like, uh, it's, it's hard to find a balance of scaling. You know what I mean? Because it's like you want to you want to do everything like all at once, but if you're not yeah, and about it, then you get yourself in a lot of trouble real fast. And that was one of the reasons I was it was really cool having you on because most of the people that are guests here, like they're they're just doing the online coaching, so they don't have. I mean, you do online coaching also, so you know, like yeah. they don't have the cash flow concerns and strat like strategy that you need to always think of because you're. Yep, strength company is so much more cash flow intensive. Well, yeah, the, the what's really freaky is when you're like, okay, I got to order ingredients, and before you know it, you've just spent ten thousand dollars, right? Or right. like, so for example, and then like, how long until you get that back? It's like then you got to sell, it. yeah. Well, then you got to grow, you got to be right. more. So it's like, or then you're launching another product, so you have to have a whole other set of ingredients, different yep. hubs, different labels, and a it's lot it's of a money game. goes out the door. It's nickels and dimes, yeah. And pennies and hundred dollar <laughs> bills, just just it's everything's just nickel yeah. and dime in your debt. It's fees, the fees you get for shipping, through transactions, just yeah, everything. you've launched at a like obviously like I said there's no perfect time. You've launched into like the tail end of COVID supply chain. Like you were a rookie at probably like one. In hindsight, you're probably gonna look at this in ten years, like holy shit! Like <laughs> I launched into like the eye of the storm. But that's that's some amazing lessons you're getting instantly. You learn why there's a buyer for the company. Like, man, like I'm telling you, like the way these prices swing. I was looking at, I bought, uh, today I bought several things. Um, one of the ingredients I bought, I, 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 uh, I saw it for over double the price from another, dub, over double, double. One person had for, I could, I could have easily just clicked and bought it here. <laughs> You know what I mean? And and honestly, like uh, bulk supplements is who I buy most of my stuff from. I don't buy, they, they, uh, they, they, they they sponsor me and they've really taken good care of me and we've built a partnership, but, and I told them too, I'm like, Hey, you guys, like I have a business to run and, and they're very actually understanding about it. What they really like from me is the knowledge videos. Um, I, I, I need to, I try to do it every month. They're kind of flexible with me, but I'll do like, um, a, a knowledge. Like I'll I'll show you one. It's pretty cool. Like I'll go through theobromine because that's like one of the problems with the supplement industry, and that's really where it's gotten hurt. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to get into it. So, um, as I'm seeing things change, um, man, like in 2000, 2000. Well, so you had like C, you had you had like C four, like you know when Cellucor first launched, their products were so cool, man. They were so they're in these like metal cans and the ingredient profiles were really cool. Like you tried, it was like really good. 
you know, you had you had the whole. What honestly, what what really hurt everything was USP Labs when the whole one three methylamine flipped and it screwed up a lot of sports nutrition just in general. Wow. Yeah, um, but people started really just. It became a game of how do I make it taste good? How do I make it look cool? How do I make them feel something? And how do I do it for the cheapest price possible? You know what I mean? And yeah. I I took the other end of it. And the reason I was able to take the other end of it was because we do our own manufacturing and we do it right. We do, we have a COA for everything. We clean everything's hundred percent down to the, the dot. It's not easy to do. No. And, uh, but um, what, what I was saying earlier is man, like when you're scaling and you're starting to, it's just important. The budgeting part is really, 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 really important because you don't, like you know, like Shane, like Shane, like one of the things we're talking about is we got we're, we usually have like enough on hand to make at least a thousand of everything. You know what I mean? Minimum. You know what I mean? I'm just saying like minimum. We got really, really low on a flavor, and I had no clue. And I just bought flavors, and we we go and I see the count, and I'm like, and he 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 it was he thought there was more. You know what I mean? It didn't mean to. You know what I mean? But but I'm like, if somebody puts in a huge order. We can't fill it. That makes us look bad. Or what if I, what if we get an order and then I go to Miami and I can't, I don't have cherry, almost cherry, black cherry. We're literally almost ran a black cherry. Like what if I go to Miami and it's like our, our second best flavor? You know what I mean? That's not good. Yeah. Wow. So let me ask you, um, I know you mentioned the different places that you're selling. Do you have affiliates? Like yeah. sponsored athletes and things like that. So what we do is uh, we give out a percentage. So it's uh, they get a code, they get a percentage. We do other things too. Like we'll give away free products. Um, we'll give away like I, I like this week. Anybody that gets their promo code used at least one time gets a gets a shirt because we just came out with new clothing, which was a whole other mess. <laughs> the clothing was bad. It's good now. We had a, we had a problem <laughs> with it. Well, I actually I, I connect when I hear a crazy story and I don't want to change it, but. We'd connect, I'd connected with a guy in Houston and, uh, there was, um, a hurricane a while back, I think there, and his business got taken out by it. And, um, he had had another job and he had started and he started doing my manufacturing with my clothing. He had, uh, I gave him a bunch of money and he, he passed away. And, uh, yeah. So I, for me getting back around the clothing was not easy. I got burnt really hard. That was a, I got, I bought, I mean, I had um, ladies' compression shorts, tank tops, t-shirts, hats, all the stuff, and I never got to even. I mean, I got to see some of it, but not. not like, His estate didn't give it back to you, or they had no clue. I mean, his uh, his wife had told me what what happened, um, and um, it, I just. <laughs> I, I, I kind of brought it up, and it was just I did I just man, I mean, how were you supposed to tell? Uh, what are you supposed to? I mean, he was he was he didn't have he didn't have money, so you know, he, yeah, he it was, was already, already gone. He was already broke. Uh, you know what I mean? He was he was trying to restart his business, and he was he actually cared. What what was really cool about the guy? It's funny. He'd call me at ten o'clock at night with an idea. He'd send me a picture. You know, he was really into it, and that's why right. he had a heart attack because of it. You know, that's health. He wasn't a healthy guy, though. You know, yeah. It's an impact not having good health. And, Damn. You know, 
So that was, a, but, um, yeah, we have an affiliate program. So we have a, we have a group chat on Instagram. Um, the affiliates are, are really cool. What's interesting is like, um, with the affiliates, it's not always necessarily the person with the biggest following mm-hmm. that is going to make a company the most money is the people that are the most passionate about the brand and the product. You know what I mean? And you'll see people, you'll have to go in waves and sometimes it's just having a confidence. It's hard with the affiliates too, because you want to talk to all of them individually, but eventually you have so many that it's just a lot to, to wrap your head around. Um, but it's definitely, it's another, I guess I was talking about having, hitting it from every angle. It's like, you have to have your retailers, you have to have your, you have to have an Omni program, I guess. And the affiliates are part of that. Um, and the affiliates like, well, so for example, like I got a, I got my shirts like literally on what day did I get my clothing? Monday. I picked them up on Monday. I went to the gym. I had three people, models, boom, done. And I, I mean, and then they're launched and then we're selling shirts again. Thank God. So uh, that's another thing too. When you have a revenue stream that just goes down, that's painful, man. That's, sure. Well, well for, for example, uh, I, I'm not a big, I'm not a big fan of Amazon, but and it's, I've learned so much from it though. The, the FBA and the fees and stuff associated with it, but man, like Amazon FBA runs out of your stuff, you're automatically losing money. It's just you're done. It's a bad, it's a bad day, you know. But the the affiliates are the affiliates are good. The affiliates are part of the the brand growth. I think you know for me it's. You got it. What I need to continue to do is I got to be more strategic, like about getting them in different places. You know what I mean? Like we, we have a more affiliates, have, more affiliates. Yeah. I, I mean, we, that was something, the approach that we took, the thing is you only have so much time, right? And you gotta, and part of that is, you know, I eventually need like a lead affiliate person. You know what I mean? Like that's what we're going to have to do, but you got to have cash to do that. So it's always trying to find, that balance of, but that's, that's something that, that I've been really looking at. I just haven't found the right person. I thought I had the right person for it and uh, they weren't the right person. For What's it, the so. criteria, if you don't mind sharing that you're for sure. an affiliate. Yeah. Like if someone's listening and when they're interested in applying, is there like something that is more in line with your brand? Uh, well, then the number one thing, I mean, I really want somebody that's actually tried the product. You know what I mean? <laughs> A lot of people just want to, be part of something, but I mean, you know, if, if you shouldn't, it's like, I don't know if I'm going to, if I'm going to wear, if I'm going to be part of a brand, you know, I'd expect that you to try it. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. About it. You might not be like super educated on it. And then another thing, like I was talking to a guy the other day and like, he wanted to be an affiliate and his Instagram was private. I'm like, Hey man, that's fine. If you want to have a private Instagram, but if you're trying to like, grow you probably should change that to unprivate yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean it's just that's just the way it is you know like yeah. you, that's just you know, reality for certain reasons but it's just like like hey man like if you want to be an affiliate like build it <laughs> following up and you know um so it, it, it i guess it depends like you know i can only have so many people in kansas city and i can only have so many people in vegas i can only have so many people in seattle um right now i think we definitely have some opportunity for growth um, I want them to be part, I want them to be able to represent the brand. Well, you know what I mean? I want them to look the part. I want them to have good energy. Um, I want them to, um, I, I think that people need to be themselves. I never want to tell somebody who to be. So they have to have like, you know, some, some type of ethics and they have to have, um, I want somebody that 
that's that's that is passionate and really wants to work for it. You know what I mean? And um, so, for example, and you'll have different people too. Like, you know, I got this guy named Dylan. <laughs> he's a, I really want to help the kid. I really like the kid. He's um, he's a younger guy. Um, he, uh, he, I probably, I, I actually spent a lot of time with him. Um, he's a very, 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 very talented salesperson. The problem with Dylan though, is, is he's a shark, you know what I mean? And, um, he, he, he can sell cars like a freaking machine and that's great. You know, if you want to sell cars for the rest of your life, but if you're trying to build a lifestyle brand, there's a huge connection part to that. You know yeah. what I mean? And the other thing with Dylan, that the that, that um, he'd 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 we he's not in our group chat anymore. <laughs> he's not in our group chat. Maybe maybe one day I'll bring him back in. You know what I mean? But the group uh, chat for the company for the company. Yeah, we took him out of the group chat. He upset some people. <laughs> you know, there's like a it, it's it's funny because you have to have like a level of confidence. It's development. You know what I mean? Like I want, I have like some people that I want to help develop that care, um, you know, but, but a lot of the people that I'm looking for, you know, I want them to be bodybuilders. I want them to be, or, you know, I got a guy that's a gamer, you know what I mean? He, he video game and he drinks the, he drinks the pre-workout and he talks about it on Twitch. Um, I have a guy uh, that I'm going to bring on soon. His name's Corey. Um, we just actually had the conversation about it today. I really like the people that are just passionate about it. Corey, uh, he didn't approach me about it. I just, I'd seen him. He's buying my pre-workout. He's posting it every day. Um, he doesn't, he, he does car detailing. Um, and he's really into, uh, bicycle, like, like, like motor, motorcycle and bicycle stuff. You know what I mean? So it's a completely different, um, group of people, but they can all use that. You know what I mean? Yeah longer lasting energy and the endurance part. So I want to have people from different spaces. Um, but I'm really looking for people that, you know, are uh, passionate about yep. And, uh, that, uh, speak right to the brand. It's amazing. Yeah. It's hard to do sometimes though, too. <laughs> it's not, not easy. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. Finding the right people. That's tough. Yeah. So, what would you say, like, I guess as we sort of like wrap up a little bit, um, where's the best place for listeners to find more about you, your company? Um, like we've said the name a bunch of times, like what's the website? What's the Instagram? So, yep, go to yepstrength.com. Um, yep underscore strength on Instagram. Uh, yep strength on Facebook. Yep underscore strength on uh, TikTok. And then all of mine are on Smash. Um, you'll see the content, the content does vary a little bit. Um, but the smelling salts are all over everything. The smell the pre-workout was always what I've been the most passionate about, but the, the smelling salts just so fun, man. Like it's a great way. It's, it's just, uh, it's different. You know what I mean? It's just a different thing, but you can, you can go to any of those. Um, we're on Amazon. We're in stores now in, uh, Washington, Oregon, California, California, Missouri, Kansas, hopefully Nebraska, hopefully Arkansas soon, Texas, hopefully Miami soon. We are in uh, a store in North Carolina. It's a great story how we got there. We're in North Carolina. Um, I think that's that's the main territory we're in. 
the one the North. I'm going to tell you this this real quick. And this is about connections, man. So North Carolina, um, there was a guy that I was was uh, doing online coaching with, and uh, he had um, he had been a client for a long time, and he he wanted he really needed like a personal trainer. You know what I mean? Like he just he needed somebody to walk with, and he flew me out there. Uh, we uh, I worked out with him for four days. Um, we uh, I hit it off with the gym. They picked up my product. Um, the gym's called the Rec Yard. That guy has the most crazy story ever. He was incarcerated for a life sentence. He has like four degrees wow. now, and he has so many certificates. He got out. He started out uh, at a frame shop. The owners loved him, helped him start a tanning salon. He opened five tanning salons, and then he opened the, the finally the, the Rec Yard, which was his dream. So um, the really cool story there. That's his name's Taj. Taj is the guy that... I'm talking about Taj. He's a he's a really good guy. He uh, he Taj was um he's in the, he's in the, he's a PR guy for the Navy for a long time. He started an insurance agency, completely killed it, got in a really bad car accident, uh, had some traumatic brain injury, had to sell it. It was really difficult for him to do. Shit. Yeah. And, that was who uh, your client was. Yeah. 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 He 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 uh, he has uh, he has some. He has some serious pain that he has to deal with every day. It's horrible. Um, but he pushes himself hard and he works out. You know what I mean? So it's that's, pretty cool what people can do, you know? It's a mindset thing. Most oh, of yeah, them. I was going to say power of the mindset. That's yeah. amazing. What else, man? You got any more? Uh, no, like, uh, we'll just, what particular link do you want to drop? Because everything that John said that we're going to have links in the show notes, but is there anything specific for like a promo or a shirt or something we want to? Make sure people know yeah, we'll be actually, in the show notes. Uh, let's do, uh, if you want to do code SMASH10, uh, you can get 10% off. Code SMASH10. I'm just writing this down. Yeah, SMASH10. SMASH10, you get 10% off. Space uh, between the SMASH and a 10. SMASH10. SMASH10. All right, no space. Yep. And you'll get 10% percent. off your entire purchase at yepstrength.com. All right, cool. We'll put that all in the show notes. Yeah. Awesome. This has been great. Um, I, I hope this has been helpful for everyone listening as well. Hearing your story, you had a cool journey. And your company's crazy. come a long way in 11 months. Yeah, it's came a long way. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 uh, it's been one of the toughest years of my life, but it's also been one of the most rewarding. Um, every day I wake up and I'm just really thankful. You know, it's not easy and we've been through a lot and you know, Shane's been through a lot. Shane's about to do a bodybuilding show. <laughs> it's just crazy for him too. Damn, you guys are doing this and in yeah. prep mode. Damn. Bodybuilding show in Iowa in four weeks. You know, so it'll be my first first Iowa. It's gonna be fun to do a bodybuilding show in Iowa. I've been to Iowa for a while. Last time I walked into Iowa, I walked into a gas station. These people were staring at me, and they're like, "Who, who are you?" <laughs> and they asked me what I did, and I go, "I go, I make pre-workout smelling salt, and I teach people how to work out." <laughs> <laughs> and they started laughing. So, that is so uh, cool. So, when's your next time time in uh, Vegas? Now you're, you're leaving tomorrow for Miami, but when? You know, uh, I gotta figure out. I gotta figure out something for the Olympia. I haven't put that together yet. Um, but I'll probably, what I, what I probably will do is I'll talk to the people at, at fit club and the people at evolution. Um, you know, my guy, Vinny, you know, Vinny, right. Vinny, Vinny, fit club manager there. He's a really good guy. Got to talk to Vinny. All the owners there are really awesome too. Yeah. They, like, I've, I've never been to a gym like fit club before where it's just like a cool vibe. 
great people to network with as well. Like it's a special place, man. That's a, it's a, there's a lot that goes into that, man. It's not gyms are not an easy thing to build either. No, and there's so many of them. So it's pretty cool when you can make a differentiation like that. And that's one of the cool things about Vegas, by the way. I mean, if people don't realize it. So don't get me wrong. Fit Club, Elevation, like if I go to Vegas, I'm going to go to those two gyms. But there's so many gyms. I, I used to go to the factory a lot. I need to go back out there and see them. The factory was one of the first. Where they have really cool murals in there. They're the first ones to kind of come up with murals. Um. There's uh, there's a ton of cool gyms in Vegas. I can't. I don't even know where to start. Yeah, um, like I moved out here to Vegas. I don't want to say by accident, but because I wanted to be on the West Coast, but I was like, I'm not moving to California. Like it's, I, I almost did. I love San Diego, but yeah, the way they run that state, I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. So I pivoted quickly to Vegas, but I always figure because my demographic is helping fitness businesses that I need to be like Miami, San Diego, LA, where I, I saw most of at the time. Like the you were the beer pong guy. <laughs> That was that was the original plan. <laughs> that was the plan in uh, what was that? Oh five, oh six was when I launched that business. That was a long time ago. That was your first business. Yeah, right after college, like I had a nine to five job in medical sales, but oh, um, but yeah, like I just I thought that would be a cool concept because I wasn't much of an athlete in college or high school, so I was like, oh beer pong is one of the sports in college that like, it didn't matter if you were like the jock or the nerd, like beer pong was kind of a, a level playing field. So put that business together, but that's really where I learned a lot of the, the stuff that I like. No, I'm just curious. I, or, or, I just thought that it, I don't know it really went like poorly, <laughs> but here's why, because a lot of things that I, like when I was running my projections, I was like, okay, this is going to be great because these bar owners are going to be so pumped to have us because we can get like, 30 people and blah, blah. But what I found out was I launched this in like, I was in the tri-state area, like around New York city. So I was doing them in Philly, Connecticut, New York city, New Jersey, North Jersey. The problem was that i found out is like the people who enter these tournaments are quote unquote professional beer pong players. So they're really freaking good. Like you have to alter the rules for them because like, it's, if you like, you know how, like when we played, like if you and your teammate hit a ball, like if you both hit, you get two balls back. Yeah. In those, you only get one ball back because it's it's common. They're so good that they, you wouldn't even get the chance to shoot. They'll hit 10 in a row. Wow. So that was the first problem. Like the rules were different. So at the time, I forget his last name, but his name is Michael. The best player in the area was like six four, six five basketball player because yeah. you can't you can't regulate leaning. You have to allow it because there's no real way. So <laughs> this dude would like, by the time he released the ball, because I believe he was like, had it down where he could more or less balance on one leg a little bit. And he fired the ball probably three feet from the cup by the time he leaned over. Um, so the problem with the business model was twofold. One Average Joes didn't join the tournaments because they would watch for a minute and be like, I'm going to get my ass kicked. I'm not paying 20 bucks to play. Yeah. Um, Because me and my buddy, when I was like trying to do some market research, went to a tournament and we entered and we got our asses kicked. And like in our group of friends, we think we're like pretty decent, but we got destroyed. And so we're like, shit, like the average people don't want to play because they realize there's nothing in it. 
And then the per like the quote unquote on professionals, because I was putting up cash prizes for these tournaments. They all like everyone who does that, they like at the time, like the bar owners were putting up like a hundred bucks, 200 bucks or whatever. So these dudes all would drive like two, three hour radius from their house to these tournaments. So the bar owners were like, dude, no one drank beer. Cause they would all like, they, they would, they took this thing serious. Like they showed up, they drank water, they played till they lost and they were out. So the bars made no money. So they didn't want us back. No. So I was like, I was getting like, all these things weren't working out the way I expected because the average Joe's at the bar had no interest in playing. The bars didn't want us back because they made no revenue. So I was like, holy shit, this is like a totally different business environment than I thought it would be because of the, the talent that shows up They're yeah. They're legit. So, but once I finally started to get some traction and start building some revenue, um, I was trying to get my website to be a little bit fancy. Cause this is like at this point, Oh seven, Oh eight, like everything was very expensive for me. Cause yeah. there was no like square space. There was no yeah. like social media was like kind of becoming a thing. So I was trying to get my websites to like help me get tickets sold and, auto register people in the tournament so they could see who was there. Like nowadays that'd be so easy. Then it was costing me like $10,000 to get some dude who's like, Oh, I can do that. And then never delivered. And what ultimately took me down was this guy offered me a great deal to redo my website and do all these cool things, but he didn't clone my website. He started doing it on the actual website. So he took it all down and I'm like, and he's like, I'll have it back in a month. Okay. No problem. Six months later, I'm like, dude, what the fuck? And he's like, well, I need you to pay me more. I'm like, pay you more. I want my money back. Like, (laughs) so at that point I was so like, I was just getting crushed. The recession was like in full swing. So, and I had learned a ton, but at that point I was like reading so many books on like taxes and business and all this stuff. So I just let the business die. And then I went into finance. Like, Yeah. yeah. So like I took all those, that's why like, like you said, like I don't have my MBA, but I spent an MBA's worth yeah. learning all this stuff. So I was like, I probably know it better because I'm not going to forget when I was just like torching my own money with like this tech idea and that one. Like, and I think back to it now, I'm like, I could probably relaunch that whole business for like $2,000 because of how, where technology is now. Oh like, yeah. Well, you got to have novice, true novice, uh, open and professional. So yeah. True- like, this is their first ever. They have to never competed before. Novice is they maybe have competed, but they've never won or they've never placed a certain thing. And then open would be like the guys that aren't pro yet. And you have a pro league. Yeah. That like I was, yeah. I was a nerd and I went to, um, what did I go to? I went to like a, a lot of like tech shows. Cause I was obsessed with the fact that like I wanted it to be, um, no leaning. Because I was like, that's the whole point. Like, it's everyone gets so mad about the leaning because it really does take all the, like, if you look at the same thing, like the best players were the tallest dudes again. You're like, I was like, damn it. Like, the athletes are winning again. Like, it's like, I thought this was like, like in college, it was fun watching like the short, chubby kid like destroy everyone just because like we're all like, hey, no leaning. Yeah. So, um, I went to like these tech events that would be at like the Javits Center in New York City, trying to see if I could buy some sort of like laser detector because those were like sort of becoming a thing. Um, where like if there was like if it broke the plane. Oh yeah, that's cool. Like I was look, I was trying to everything. I was like, I'll just invest in that because I was like, you can't invest in referees because 
like there were other tournaments doing this. So I was also like getting competitive, like I was hurt, getting hurt by people that were doing this better than me, yeah. but all of them were like, we just don't, we just don't regulate it. Whereas I was like, hell bad. I was like, I'm going to find a way because like, there's gotta be a way to do this. But ultimately I gave up cause I was like, this is getting expensive and I, I didn't have the website anymore, but um, I still think about that sometimes. I'm like, I could probably bring that back and just pay for someone. And you, you might run into this with affiliates, but I also ran into like, I was going like on college campuses, like handing out like, Hey, like got this tournament coming. And I would try to hire people to, um, promote it. To, like promote it. Like I had all these like commission packages and I was blown away how many guys would be like, Oh yeah, I'm going to go get all my friends to show up. And he'd show up with like one friend. I'm like, dude, yeah. like, I thought you were like this cool kid in college can show up with like 20 people. It's like, College That's what I'm kids, Sometimes the people with the biggest followings don't do anything. It's about people that are passionate about it. Yeah. So like that, there was a few things in my business model that I thought were going to be like on the sales side, be like a no brainer. And I was like, man, websites was... are interesting, huh? Like my, my, uh, you know, you're talking about websites. My, so one of my friends, I need to, my website works, right? It could be better. Um, I can do whatever I want to it. I know how to control it. Like, it's just it's on the GoDaddy platform, which if you start talking about geo tracking and some of this, we I can track it. I know what's going on, but like putting it on a different platform would be better. And eventually, I will do that. Um, it's just like it's it's just it's, there's a catch twenty two with that whole thing because you're like that's that's the thing. I've had a bunch of people try to redo my website, and I just like man, like and I've had people help me make it better. Honestly, I've had some people like that added like the Google tracking codes for me and showed me not how to fuck it up and added the stuff for Facebook and added all this different stuff. But man, like the websites and actually it's funny how far it's came. I thought, like, I, when I thought mine was good, I was like, oh, this is so awesome. It's great. And then I look at it today and I'm like, okay, this is actually really good. And I think about like how much farther I could go with it. It's just crazy. Yeah. Like I, I carry the baggage from, those old wounds because I won't let anyone build me a website on something that I don't know how to control. Yeah. So like, that's why I'm on Squarespace. Cause I'm, that's like the only platform that's like idiot proof for me where I'm like, yeah. I can go in there and change stuff. Whereas before I was like, Hey, there's a typo. And now I'm like paying him someone 200 bucks and waiting three business days to get like a sentence changed. I was I like, know. never again. Am I going to have that handcuff in my life? Smart. Yeah, so that's kind of how I am right now. I need to move it over to Squarespace. It's just not, I guess like when I think about my business and I think this is important too, is you got to have priorities. There's just yeah. so many different things you can do. I mean, yeah. honestly, like the number one priority I have is to continue to drive sales through marketing and events and networking and, and stuff like that. But also um, I need to launch more products. Like, yeah. that, like, like, you know what I mean? If I have an amino, boom, I mean, we're stupid pump, boom. You know, eventually, you know, we'll have a full line eventually. Um, so I know what you mean. Like, it's hard to figure out tactically, like, where you're going to do everything. And then in the background, you're, like, trying to build out this whole team and do all this. You know what I mean? So it's a lot. Very, uh, it's, a, it's a very balanced thing. Now, with your, do you, do you, do you, do you, with, 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 you, you, you mainly do taxes, correct? So we're, like, like we're financial planning with okay. tax strategy. And okay. we take on, like, the CFO role. Like, I try to. I'm trying to do better with my explanation of it, but basically in the flow of money all the way from like a customer paying you all the way down to you dropping money into the IRS account and then buying your like stocks and assets and stuff. Okay. We can really help all along the way. So like a lot of stuff that I think is fun to do 
is like the CFO work where we're like cash flow tracking and pro, uh, budgeting, profit projecting, that's things like that. Because I feel like that's sort of step one when like, okay, yeah, like you want to invest in your stocks and your real estate. But if you have like, if you're not optimizing the revenue and the profits and not overpaying taxes, it's really suffocating what comes out of the bottom. So we can help along the way. And like, we have a whole team, like we have bookkeepers, accountants um, that actually do the filing, but we do all like in-house, all the tax strategy, all the projections and CFO work, and then all the financial planning as well. And then how, we long have, you, how long have you been doing it? I've been in this since 2010. Yeah. Like yes. the, uh, that's like the recession, like yeah. killed that business. And I was like, at that point I was like, all right, I left medical sales, pivoted and went straight into would you, what's, what's, what would you say the biggest, like your biggest accomplishment in it has been? Probably, probably the journey I went to, because when I went into finance, like I had no clue, like, cause, and it sucks because you ask someone like, Hey, I want to go into finance and you don't understand at the time when you ask that question, you think it's like a simple question. And then people are like, dude, that's so vague. Like finance is so broad. It's, it's, and so finding your way and I had to find my way, like I was, I was on a podcast today and I was telling like, I'm one of the few people that hates the movie Wolf of Wall Street because I was still cold calling when that movie was popular. So it's like, if, if you think that was hard to cold call before that movie, like, so like it was hard coming up in that world where like, you're trying to understand like how you can truly help people, but you were in a position where they weren't helping people. Like, yeah. you know, like it was where it's just like, this is all we sell. So freaking go sell it. You know, so yeah. like that sucks because it's like, so you start to like hear people ask questions, especially like wealthy people. Like they would ask you like all this stuff and like they're not really concerned about their investment. They just have no clue how all this, this shit works together. Like they make, they have a ton of money, but they don't know how it all works together. So what I, this is why I like helping young finance people because I was like, it was hard for me because I feel like I stumbled around until I found like the certified financial planning designation that like changed my whole career. Cause I'm like, holy shit, there's like a profession where like they put all this together and build a map for people. It's cool. And they're not selling a product or selling a good like, game plan an end goal. Yeah. And like after yeah. that, like all the light bulbs went off, but like I spent probably four years, maybe five years in finance being like, man, I hate this. And, and that was the, the thing. Cause I was like constantly selling a thing. And it's like, that sucks. Cause people come into your orbit and all of a sudden you're like, shit, I have to turn them into a nail because all I have is a hammer. Yeah. And so like that, that sucked. Whereas now like you, people come to me, I'm like, I don't care if you want to invest in crypto stocks, real estate. I don't care. Like we're financial consultants. Like I'm completely agnostic to what you want to actually do. Like you want to put all your money back in your business. Cool. Like our strategy will help you make the smart decisions around that. Like, so that was very freeing. And cause I even had a business partner, um, in 2019 and like we were supposed to go 50 50 on something but he didn't want to niche down and like specialize in like small business owners and obviously i niched again even further into finance because like that's its own thing like working with business owners yeah. um so that was probably the, the biggest accomplishment when i like got excited like all right this is the direction i'm meant to go in Cause I spent years just trying to figure it out. And the mentors in finance <laughs> fucking sharks and they're like, awesome. like they're all professional salesmen. So they're like, Oh, this is going to be a great job. And blah, blah, blah. And you get there. Like, what am I doing? Like <laughs> these, these guys are assholes. 
Yeah, no, I know, I know exactly what you mean. That's crazy, man. That's good. So that's also why I have my own company now. Like I, I can't have someone else telling me what to do. Or people you have work for you? Do I have right now? I just I run it with an admin that I outsource to marketing people. To uh, like even my admin, she's out of Utah. That's cool. Um, then we outsource to bookkeepers, to accountants. So there are we a lot keep of do it that way now. It's interesting how that's evolved into that. You know, what yeah, I mean? because like I, lo- I love the team approach because I, I also think it's complete bullshit when people are like, oh, we'll do everything. It's like, well, are you an expert in everything? Like, I have all my insurance licenses, but I bring in insurance people. That's because that's all they do. So it's yeah. like I can't keep up with like the thirty or forty different insurance companies that are out there and like what yeah. their flavor of the week is like. So I'm a big fan of the team approach, like with bookkeepers, with accountants, we're all checking each other's homework. Like there's blind yeah. spots all over the place. So um, it's much easier to run that for the time being as outsourced because I can tell people like, hey, if you got an accountant that you love, like we're going to do all the tax strategy. Most accounts don't do tax strategy. You just sit down with them in March or April and they're like, here's what you owe. So like, you started not- your own business in 2010. Or did you start 2019? I started the paperwork. We were wait, 2018. I started. Yeah. 2018. I started the paperwork March, I believe of 2019 was when I got all the the state approvals and was off the races. And like, I got lucky. I had two business partners at the time um, at two different companies because they did different things. Yeah. Um, And they both amicably like helped me launch. Like I was like stressed and man, like these guys are going to hate my guts when I tell them I'm doing my own thing. Yeah. Um, but they like helped me with the paperwork. They were cool as hell. Like so lucky. Cause like yeah. there's so many stories where you're like, Hey, I'm going to do my own thing. And they like cut you off. Like you're, you're cut off from your clients. Like your revenue goes to zero overnight. Like wow. they helped me transition. Like it was awesome. My clients yeah. were cool as hell. And I was like, Hey, I'm going to specialize in like fitness people. Cause some of them are like retirees, like the general, like executives and stuff. But nah, man, it was it was smooth. Like I really knock on wood. I couldn't, I couldn't yeah. have been more blessed. Like as it transitioned. That's good. Well, you built your network and you had, they were your friends. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was like, but still like, I don't know. I felt like it was like trying yeah. to have an amicable little divorce. Cause like telling them I was like stressing out. Like I was like writing notes like the weekend before, like, how am I going right. to say this? Like rehearsing it? Like, yeah. Like, well, it you can see, you know what I mean? When I left GNC. That was like when you were there for so long, you know what I mean? You suddenly leave and, you're trying to figure out and you're like, but I mean, I don't know. I think that there's different levels and you reach the level and they probably understand. If you're a really good leader, I think that people have to understand that. You know what I mean? They, yeah. Like the one scenario he understood, but it was still like, because both the firms I worked with, there was so much conversation about me taking over, but we didn't have the same vision or not taking over, like going at it 50, 50. Um, so that was a bit of a, a contention when I was like, well, we don't want to do the same thing. So yeah. how do we do this? Yeah. yeah so it's like, like the one, the one person, like he wanted to, I spent, I don't know, weeks, months looking at different technology platforms to help scale. And he wanted to scale with more like personnel. And I'm like, that's not my, my vision. And like, we're, there was an age gap, so I get it. Yeah. Um, but um, it was just little things like that where, and again, he was as helpful as I, I thought he would have been less helpful, but he was more helpful in mm-hmm. the transition because also he'd, he'd run his own firm for like 30 years. So he was like, like he get it. He got it. That it's like some people 
don't work well under other people. So what you're saying right now, what you just said was interesting when you said um, that he was, there was an age gap. Cause I think like when, as I was leaving GNC, I was starting to see this uh, change almost. Cause I'm, there was, you know, when I started it, there was this, the company was so old, you know what I mean? Like a lot of old, like very old retail. And that held us back in a lot of ways when I worked for that company. Um, and I think that's, that's a hard, um, the, the most successful people are the people that keep growing and keep looking at the new technologies. But I understand it's a, there's, it's a catch 22, man. Cause you do something that works for so long, but then you're just stuck in that. And if you never try anything else, you're never moving. And we were at different stages because he was basically had one foot in the door of retirement. So the, what the business was doing was perfect for him. Whereas I was like, I want to take it to like multiple levels. Like I'm young in my career at that point. So, and we didn't agree on that either because he was like, I'm good. Like if the business doesn't grow at all, like I'm happy. And I'm like, (laughs) you know what I mean? So I was like, I get it. Like you got all your money and like, this is just side money for you. So like that inherently was like a difference. That's why I was like, I'm trying to scale with technology and like, with your plan, I would need like four or five assistants, which kills the profitability. And so, um, but yeah, so that was, but I I can't say I, the transition was great and I was on my way out of the area anyway. So that was when I was like moving to San Diego. Like I spent San, uh, about five months. Moved across the United States. That's interesting. I mean, Brooklyn, I had, um, I was in Hoboken, New Jersey. Jersey, Jersey. Okay. Um, but that wasn't so bad because I actually have a lot of clients in California. Because okay. one of the one of the companies I worked with when I was pretty new in my career, again, I didn't have much direction. One of the things I was doing was um, in the pre-IPO space, which is very popular now. But when I was doing it in like 2011, people didn't know. So when I was cold calling, telling people like, "Hey, there's this company called Facebook," and like they're not public yet, but you can buy it in the pre-market, blah, 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 which we're like, what the hell's the pre-market? Cool. But like, literally in boiler room. And, yeah. And it was funny. Cause like, you, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, like boiler room. It was, yeah, it was like crazy. So like <laughs> you would call people in like New York and be like, Hey, there's this company, Facebook. They're like, what the hell are you talking about? No way. You would call people in LA and San Fran. And they were like, wait, my daughter's friend works for that company. I think they're like a, legit company and blah, blah, blah. So like I ended up getting a bunch of clients there because like the whole, like, like this is like, it was crazy. Like in hindsight, cause they're like, Oh, like LinkedIn went public. So Facebook definitely will, or, you know, whatever. Like there was a bunch of these companies that now are just household names that like we were trying to explain to people, like, especially like older people with money, like what the hell is Twitter? What the hell is Facebook? And it's like, no, like these are going to be real companies. And like, you sound like a scammer to them, but like, you know, now they're like household names, but so that I ended up having a pretty be- decent book of California clients from that. I never, so the, I've done cold calling in a way where I've gotten leads and called people for personal training. I've done a lot of like cold calling when it comes to like trying to get into other supplement businesses, but it would definitely be interesting. So when you were getting, were these leads or were these just pick up the phone and call people? Uh, they were lead lists, which you yeah. never knew where they like came from. Like yeah. they, I feel like they probably originated from some 
assistant being paid at some other competitive firm to like print out the list of clients. And you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's how they were actually. And then someone, some lead list provider dude would sell them to like 10 financial firms. And so we're like calling this list of people who were just like, that's what I'm saying. Like the, like the Wolf of Wall Street, like these people at some point got on a list because they were an investor or they were doing private equity or whatever it was. They got on a list that got sold to probably hundreds of cold callers around the country. And so they were just getting beat up. So it was, it was tough. Like the one list I was calling, I don't know what deal they must have done, but it was all, where were they from? I think it was like, I want to say it was like a list of like 50 or hundred employees from like PayPal or one of like, it was like some company that had like successfully exited. So they're like, Hey, these dudes all know private equity. They all got money. Like, so like, but again, they were getting beat up. So you would call them up and these people are freaking pissed because <laughs> like someone. Was, was there like a certain technique that you would use to get them down? It from? depends. I went, I worked at one place and like, we, we were like robotic. There was a whole script for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, like there was no, there was no, uh, wiggle room. Like you were just like, this is just say this, if they say that. And like, I just practice it. Um, other places I went, they didn't like that. They were like, just talk. Like they gave us the talking points. They're like, just be yourself. And here's the general idea. Um, was it a hundred commission job? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was cool. tough. Like in the beginning it was like financial. That was tough. Like going from yeah. like, and I was, I was pretty decent sales rep at the medical device company I was at. So, and then I blown a lot of my savings yeah. on the beer pong business, but, yeah. um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, the only thing that was good about it, it was like your hundred percent commission, but you get paid up front. Like, yeah. so you close. So like, again, like it turns you into these sh- like sharks that you want to make the money if you really kill. Yeah. Them. Like you, you don't have a choice. Cause you're like, well, they, they need to invest in this so yeah. I can get a paycheck. And so like, that's, it's so, like a, it's such garbage. And that's one of the reasons I talk on my social media, like so much about like fuck wall street, because like, it's not built to help you like, because it's, it's also self-serving like almost all of it. And it's like, so I go hard against them now. Cause I was like, I, I was sitting next to people who were just like, had no care at all for the other person on the phone, like none. And just like, fuck dude. Like, and it sucks because like, they're better at it than me because like, (laughs) They'll push that person to, to do it. Cause I was like, man, they're making a lot more money. Like they're making more money than anyone in the room, but they just didn't give a shit. And yeah. the regulators don't get them out of the business. Yeah. Like it, that's the thing. Like I pay a lot of time and money to stay compliant in finance. And like, they don't weed out the bad apples. Like, so that's why it's like, it's so frustrating listening to people who are doing it right. Cause we're like, what the hell? Like we're paying all this money to do this stuff and, keep compliant and do what we got to do. And the people who just don't give a shit, just don't give a shit. And they just, they don't weed out the bad apples because they're creating so much money for the businesses or. So I worked for this guy. Um, he, I I obviously were recording this, but like, yeah, his business model was like a blueprint, not, not a, because from what it looked like as an outsider, he eventually got kicked out of the business because yeah. he was constantly getting in trouble for sales violations. Because when you're in private equity, one, you can only sell to people who are what are called like um, accredited investors. 
you can't solicit people who don't meet that requirement. So that's step one. So they have to have a certain credit rating. No, they have to have like, uh, I forget what the the current one is. It's like they have to make $200,000 worth of income or have like a million dollars of net worth, like excluding their home or something like that. I think that's the current definition. I forget what it was back then um, in like 2011. But he didn't care. He would just like, he like mass email people and like say, hey, Twitter's going to like at least triple, maybe quadruple. And like the SEC was like, would you fucking stop? Like these are sales violations. You can't do it. And... So at that point, there was nothing funny going on other than like, these are sales violations. So the SEC kept saying, stop, stop, stop. So from our estimations, he probably made 20 or $30 million, like totally saying F you to the SEC, like, and just kept doing his sales violations. And I feel like in legal fees and fines, maybe he paid like 10 million. So it's like, you tell that story to people and you're like, hey, would you ruin your reputation for like 10 to $20 million and get thrown out of a business? And then like, depending on that person, they're like, like, hmm. you know, like, so it's like, yeah, they're like, well, I might start another business now. Yeah. Like, so, <laughs> and you, and you hear like, this is now, you know? right. And you watch like, and again, like I can't substantiate all that. Like, obviously this is being recorded, but like you yeah. watch like shows like American greed and you're like, the, the people who do the worst stuff, they don't, they don't necessarily lose out. So, like like the Wells Fargo thing a few years ago, oh, God, yeah. like they fired all the minions that were just being told what to do. And then they pay the $900 million fine or whatever it was from the shareholders money. So it's like, <laughs> what the hell? Like the guys who got rich off of it, well, they get fired. But, you know, like how much did they make before they got kicked out the door? So there's so many stories of like Wall Street where it's like, the, yes, you're going to like lose your job eventually. But like you rarely see these guys go to jail. So it's like you just see all these violations where it's like, yeah, you made five million, you owed two million back, and you're like, well, like, you you see some young guy, like, did that just tell him to do it or not do it? Because you just showed him the blueprint to make a bunch of money and then get kicked out of an industry. Yeah. So it's so backwards. That's why it's like when you see like the SEC and the like the Finner organizations like coming at people, it's like. You just make life hard for people like me that are doing it right. You don't actually kick these people out. Like I'll see these guys that are still soliciting clients and they have like nine or 10 violations on the record because they're all permanent. They don't come off. They're all permanent markers. So it's like, dude, why is this guy still in the business? Like he's been like at least 10 times he's screwed over a client that we know of. And it's like, and he's still in the business. So it's like. So I guess like you're, you're. What you would have as an advantage, though, is you would have a client for a longer life cycle, um, and then you'd be able to offer them more services. Yeah, like we're not transactional. Like yeah. once you once you elevate to the level of like the certified financial planner, like you're collecting fees for managing money, and you're not transactional. Like yeah. um, again, that's why I. If, if I'm lucky enough to talk to someone like early in their career, I'm like, get this, get the CFP because like, that's truly a holistic approach to helping a client. Like what's your goal? Let's build the plan. Not like, here's what I got. And now we're going to build you a plan based on like what I got. So like I throw the insurance companies under the bus all the time because it's yeah. like you walk into insert name of like huge insurance company and you're like, help me build a retirement plan. It's like, dude, they only offer annuities and insurance products and mutual funds. What the hell do you think your retirement plans are going to be built with? 
real estate portfolio? Like, are you crazy? Like, so what are your top, what, what would you say your, your top go to, like, if you were to split it out, like percentage wise, where people are putting their money, what would you, how would you split it out? So a lot of my clients right now, they're just putting it back into their business and then like retirement accounts. And I'm a big fan of self-directing retirement accounts. Okay. So like I help my clients build like their 401ks and their retirement accounts into if you're once you drop it into like a self um, a self-directed account, they can invest it in whatever they want. So you're talking so, like a Roth IRA? Like a Roth IRA that's like self-directed or a 401k that's self-directed. You can go buy real estate with it. You can buy crypto with it. You can buy a fitness business with it. You can do whatever you want. There's only three things you can't do. I didn't know you could buy a business with it and you get out and you don't have to pay taxes on that money when you buy the business. There's yes and no. Like it depends on what type of business you buy and like how your, your role is and stuff like that. But in theory, most of it, no. So like, so if I, if I had a, so let's say, let's say like I was to redo what I did. Right. Yeah. And let's say I took the money from my, cause I had some money in my 401k still from what, other than what I gave my, yeah. But let's, let's say I had that 401k money. So there is actually a way to take that money in the 401k and then divert it to your business. Yes. So there's a couple of ways you could do it. Like one would be a loan. If you did it as a loan, that's okay. that would be you that would max out at 50k though. If you okay. did it as a loan, 50k is the most you would be able to do. The other way for what you're ex specifically talking about would be a little bit more complicated. Like you could do it. Um, I'm drawing a blank on what the name is, but it's called Rob's. I think it's like rollover on business. I don't know, I'm forgetting, but yeah. it's essentially where you build a company that has inside of it in your retirement account, like a C corporation, and you get to take a salary as the owner and stuff like that. The salary can't exceed like the profitability and stuff like that. But I personally have never done those. I know they cost like five or 10K to start. And then I think you have another 5K of annual like maintenance because there's so much tax complexity inside of it to stay compliant. Mm -hmm. Like there's companies that specialize and they just do robs all day long. Wow. But so like you can invest in a business all day long. It gets more complicated if you want to be operational in it. Like okay. if you wanted to buy a business and just like, like, so let's say your friend has a supplement company and you're like, oh, wow, you guys are doing great. And you like trust him. But he's like, fuck, I need like a hundred grand. And you're like, oh, I got that in my Roth IRA. Your Roth IRA could go invest like, that hundred grand and get 10% of his business. If you've got nothing to do with that business at that point, you're just an investor. That's really easy. It gets more complicated when you're trying to work in the business. Okay. I understand. But, yeah. but that's one of the reasons I try to get my clients to like max out their for their retirement vehicles. Cause like, you can do whatever you want. Like stop listening to wall street, tell you like, Oh, you can only buy stocks and you can only, buy. it's like, yeah, at that place, you can only buy stocks. I never knew that when I was at my no, because no one talks about it because it's like it's it's not where they make their money. Like if you roll a million dollars out of your four hundred one k and then you put that into a self directed and you go buy a bunch of real estate, like all the big guys make no money on that. Wow, I had no clue. That's an awesome option. I wish I would yeah. actually know about that more. I mean, I'm sure I could have probably researched it better, but I wish. And that's a really cool thing to do. That's something yeah, that's 
people could benefit from. I mean, especially like, you know, I mean, I, I, uh, I'm not happy with the route I took, but it would, it would be, um, interesting. Like, you know, I mean, if you're in a job where it's kind of, well, I think when you're in a job, you either just are at the job and you, you have such a good team built that you can do other things, you know what I mean? And you either do other things for the company or you take your money and you can do other things with that. But being able to buy another company with that, um, is very, that's a very interesting uh, way of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, the flexibility is, is, I mean, the only three things you cannot do with your, or cannot buy with your 401k or your retirement account is you can't buy anything that has an S corp stock, but that's easy to get around because they can revoke the rest status and go back to a partnership. Um, you can't buy life insurance with your yeah. investment and you can't buy collectibles. You can't buy like fine art, wine, diamonds, stuff like that, but you can literally buy everything else. So, and like, that's in the IRS code, but you hmm. talk to these financial firms and like, you can't do that. But what they're talking about is you can't do that with us. So we tell you, you can't do it. Wow. Like right now, people all the time are like being told by these financial institutions, oh, you can't buy crypto in your retirement accounts. Like you can, just not with them. Like, so it's, so like the the long answer to your, your short question was like, I'm having my clients, I want them to fill those up or invest back in their business. Cause once the money's in those retirement vehicles, they can do whatever they want, whatever their dream is from an investment perspective, let's go do it. Like, like let's not pay taxes anymore. If like we put it in there the right way, the first time. Yeah. One more question. I haven't been watching crypto as much as I was, but I kind of felt like uh, when I exited out of it, it was kind of just going down. I, I, it was more of like, a, I guess you're really going to have to be in a long position. Are you starting to see a turn at all? Or where, where are we at right now with that? I wouldn't say um, by any means like crypto expert, crypto bro, like I'm down on my crypto, but when yeah. I put it in, I'm trying to be just a disciplined investor. Like I tell my yeah. clients, like I bought it, like I'll probably buy more soon, yeah. to like dollar cost average. But yeah. I put that in saying it's either going to go to a million or it's going to go to zero, but whatever yeah. I'm putting in an amount that I'm cool with losing. With um, and I put it in my Roth. So I hope it goes to the moon, <laughs> but yeah. like, um, but I don't really know. Like, I feel like the economy as a whole is probably, in for it more i don't think we're at the bottom from an economic perspective like all the asset classes whatever recovers like crypto is so confusing to me as well just because it's like i don't know the one to buy i just buy it in my roth like i help my clients like it's like i'm not telling you what to buy i'm just going to help you get it into your roth and then you buy what you want to buy because i'm like i don't have the expertise to know what's going to zero or you know, the like, applications of some of it's really interesting as you start to like understand it and like, oh wow, this is like a whole <laughs> different like world of like. I remember when I I remember the first time and I I just got like I was hooked on crypto for a while. I, when I first started looking at it, I just knew it was a thing and you make people were making money, and then I started to really like analyze like each part. I mean, Shiba was a bad example because it has <laughs> no practical, you know what I mean, utilization. But I had um. God, I can't even think of what I, there was, there, there's just so many other c- cryptocurrency stocks that have like applications on the blockchain and do different really cool things or could yeah. potentially do really cool things in the future. It's, it's going to be interesting. It's 10 years from now, that's going to be a really interesting thing to see. Yeah. Like you, 
you probably are old enough to remember like the dot com crash. Yeah. Like that's what I think is going to happen with crypto. Like when people ask me my like opinion or expertise on it, I was like, I don't know what's going to be the winner. But I feel like there's going to be a reckoning similar to the dot-com thing where at one point everything on the dot-com was like going to the moon. And then all of a sudden it was like everything was getting crushed and only the real companies survived. And so like I don't know what those handful of like quote-unquote real cryptos will be. Like everyone has their speculation of like the top three or four that are like quote-unquote real. I feel like most are going to get wiped out. and. And then there's going to be like, here's the winners. And then they go and go do their thing. But all the memes are going to die. Yeah. And, but <laughs> it's like you talk to people and like, I'll talk to sometimes even people in like their early thirties and I'll just stay that same and like, Hey, I'll think of like that. And like, what was a dot com thing? And I'm like, boy, you gotta like, like there was a time when there was like this, this thing that did, couldn't go down and then it like wiped everyone out. So that's my opinion. I feel like a lot of finance will say the same thing. It's like, it looks like it's going to be like history repeating itself from the yeah. dot coms. Yeah. So yeah, I want to, I want to get back into crypto eventually and I want to get back into shoes and I'll probably I mean the stock market. There's always stuff you can do with it. I can't yeah. wait to get to that stage of my business where I can redirect some of my money and back into that. Cause it's, it, you know, when you start talking about cash flows and multiple streams of revenue, you know what I mean? That is one thing that I was actually semi, I mean, I wasn't like an expert at it by any means, but I was making money doing it. You know what I yeah. mean? So, yeah, I, mean, I do miss that little fun part, but there's no way I could really apply myself like I, well, I probably could. Well, uh, I mean, for my clients, like I try to get them to, if they're, if they pick the stock market as their asset class, like for personal assets, and obviously we'll manage it for them, but I have them in like, for the most part, passive diversified ETF portfolios. Yeah. And, and my general philosophy on that is like, you have so much investment complexity inside of your business. Like we have yeah. so much going on there and these are the tools that we can actually control. Yeah. Like, let's make this simple. And yeah. like my team or me, like we rebalance it and that's like, that's simple on our end and it's simple on your end. Cause you know what we're doing and like, just set it and forget it. Like I hope yeah. they're not even looking at it during all this downturn. Cause it's like, <laughs> who cares? Like you don't need it for decades. Like let's Correct. work on this stuff that we can actually control the levers. Like let's, Let's optimize profit. Let's pay less tax. Let's do shit that we can actually manipulate. Yeah. And then keep all the simplicity over here, um, which I feel like that makes it easier because, I mean, you see it like with people probably that your friends, like they have their business and then they turn into like an active crypto trader on the side. And it's like, are you doing anything? Like, I know like Alex Ramosi talked about, and I love it because he's got way more credibility than I do in that space because he's like, Dude, keep building the business. Stop yeah. becoming a crypto trader. Like that's why he built like a hundred million dollar business because he kept focused. Yeah, well, that's my. I mean, you know, think, so my schedule literally like this is my ideal my ideal schedule for like the last four weeks at least, or probably longer than that. Well, I've done an event every month, but now I'm to the point where every Wednesday I do a gym, and on the weekends I'm either going to travel and do a bodybuilding show or travel and do a gym, like a bigger gym. Sure. And so that's, yeah, just between that and bodybuilding and actually running the company. Yeah. There's just the time. Like we're just, it's the time is the most valuable thing on earth. Yeah. No, that's like you're, you're living proof right now. Like when they say like diversified income streams is not how like the billionaires got wealthy. Like they did one thing really well, really well. and diversified to protect it. 
like, I mean, now he's kind of a piece of shit, but like at the time, like Bill Gates was a perfect example. It's like he built Microsoft. Then he started investing in diversifying. He didn't have like six different Microsofts that he was trying to build at the same time. Like Elon Musk is private strategy, right? Like that's how most wealthy people do it. Like they just, they built one thing that became a huge like enterprise for them. Yeah. Then they're diversified because they want to protect it. Yeah. But building it is usually a unilateral thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I kind of had to like go like, like I had to like, I was going one direction and then completely switch back around. That was the hardest thing about, cause it was like bodybuilding. I had to restart the business. I had to start. From the, it's like I had, I went like to where I was at like one spot and I had to go all the way back down here. I, on my wall, it says, um, if you want to get to the, what was this quote say? I haven't, I can't look. <laughs> <laughs> it says, if you want to get to the top, you must be willing to climb the ladder, do or die. Love that. <laughs> That's, uh, it keeps me humble when I, you know, there's sometimes where you, you, you think about things incorrectly and then you're like, you know what? Like I had to restart. It's, or it's just, it's, it's all network. The networking part is the biggest part of it, man. I'm telling you, like the more people, you know, the more places you can get, like you built your client list, you know what I mean? You building your client list. That's exactly, you built your client list, man. You networked and you met these people and you built relationships with them and you were able to offer them a service and it helped them. And that's where you've been able to find success. Yeah. I mean, from, from watching you since I met you, like, I feel like you're out there killing it with your networking, man. Like, yeah, like, I feel like last few weeks, man, the, the whole year, the whole <laughs> year right now, though, it's just, I'm really curious what's going to come out of Miami. I'm just so like it's going to do awesome. I mean, again, like you, you're only 11 months in it feels like from your story <laughs> and from watching your brand, I would have never guessed you're 11 months into it. Yeah. Like, I think that's awesome. So when we get an amino, we're going to do, I can do so. Well, the thing is, it's like the possible, like just, okay. So we were talking about ambassadors. So honestly, what's really crazy with my ambassadors is somehow I've got this niche for wellness athletes. So like when you look at like my ambassadors, like 50% of them aren't even necessarily like the hardcore bodybuilder. They're these wellness chicks, but the wellness chicks train hard. You know what I mean? Like they all train really hard. Um, but they're also like a completely different, like I could, I could literally launch like a women's line and have like the best models to do it with. You know what I mean? Like that, like, I keep, like, like that like, business model, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be, it's, it's going to happen. It's, it, we, we launched, we, we launched these shorts. They were, they, they were, um, black compression shorts. I'll send you a picture. They said, yep. And we literally just sold out all of them. And then because of this, I never was able to get more. And I just <laughs> kind of hurt my cash flow in that area. And I, it's my number one cash flow is supplements, but the clothing I feel like I can do a lot with, you know? So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> again, watching your brand, you're always, you always have like people on there. And especially when you were at elevation, I feel like you were yeah. getting your stuff shared by people with like a huge following. So like, Oh God. Yeah. Is there's people on there click their link and there's like 500,000 followers. I was like, Whoa, that's a, uh, Yesha, that's a Yisha, I'm saying her name wrong. Yisha. Yeah, be, oh, she's yeah. very, yeah. She's oh. in Vegas. She, her story is really Olympia, cool. right? She's, she's no, going no, for Olympia. No, 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 no. Yisha. She, um, she moved over here 
from Guam with $200 in her pocket. Whoa. Um, I believe she started off as a server. She became a model. Now she has this really popular vegan restaurant in Vegas, and she's just killing it, man. For she her. literally went from broke, like screwed, to just in now she's just, you know, it's just some of the stories of some of her. Yeah, her, her social media guy really liked the smelling salts. I mean, it's fun. Her, her video went really well to it. It wasn't insane, but it had over 10,000 views. Anything with over 10,000 views is good. So, I mean, in my world, that's amazing. Yeah. I don't well, I had, a, I had a, well, I actually right now, so have you, uh, well, it, I don't know if you have, have you, have you monetized your, your reels yet? Do you get paid? No, I, I have a very uh, small following at the moment. It's like 1,100 or 1,200. It's a, it's a whole man. It's, it's, so well, eventually you're able to monetize your reels and you get paid for, for reels and you get these bonuses. And, um, man, I'm, I'm like, uh, it sucked cause I was killing it. And, uh, when I got in a car, I got in a really bad car accident and I didn't even know, like I had violations on my reels. I had no idea. I had three. And it's a four strike policy. <laughs> well, I don't get, I got cut off until like October 19th. So I'm like, Oh, we're almost there. You know? <laughs> so, 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 uh, but, uh, I had, uh, so this chick ran into me drunk, hit and run long story. I posted like some stuff. I, I, I mean, it, it helped. I found her, I found her <laughs> so, and it's gonna, it's gonna pay off. You know what I mean? Uh, but, uh, but but Instagram completely. I've never seen anything like it. You, you always hear these stories until it actually happens. My uh, my reach got cut by ninety percent. Wow, ninety percent. I was having everything. I just had, I was on like the streak of everything I'd post. It was just like oh like home run, <laughs> oh home run, ah oh, home run, and then it's like, oh. and uh, man, I just kept going and going and going, and finally I'm getting back to like a normal thing almost, you know, it's, it's, it's much better than it was. And I can't wait till, you know, the, the, the bonuses are pretty cool. Cause that's motivating when you can post stuff that you already enjoy doing, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's hard. Um, it's hard to understand. Um, the, the you know, I, I still on some of them, I don't understand what exactly I did wrong. I think, I think it has to do with like, if you post too much, content like trying to get people to click on a link or something maybe I, I don't even know like that there's three videos that that because they're i think what happens is people um flag them you know what i mean yeah and, and then because there was a bunch and i had to like review them all and most of them got knocked off but there were three and then i had the big one that was like the oh shit like this isn't good but now um, now I got it. Like, I don't know. I haven't had any violations since the last one. So <laughs> keep it going on that. <laughs> yeah. They, they scare you into compliance. Yeah. Well, it's not like, um, it's not like you can watch a YouTube. You know what? That'd be a great YouTube video of someone actually explaining. I wonder if there is one now explaining that what violations are. Well, explaining exactly like, uh, yeah. What? Cause there's, there's, three of my reels that I couldn't tell you what I did wrong at all. I read I, through it. Honestly, like, I feel like because it became so political, I feel like there are people trying to figure it out. And I feel like the social <laughs> media companies are so like intentionally vague so that they can have this broad spectrum of like violations. And it also feels like 
like a hater could just take you down, like just report you and have other people report you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think one of my reels, the violations, Asian hate, cause it's this Asian girl smelling a, a smelling salt. And I mean, I don't know, like you we can't, we can't figure out. I mean, I've posted a million smelling salt videos in this. That's the only, that's what, that's what I'm like, like I was sitting there talking to Shane and talking to some of my friends and, and that's like the only thing we can come to the, conclusion of maybe they think it's some form of asian hate because the girl like kind of freaks out at first then she actually really likes it you know what i mean so i don't know i i I feel like i've talked to some girls that like are in the fitness space that they get taken down for like their stuff being too risque or whatever and it's like well everyone's posting like these bikini stuff that are in the fitness space so why is hers wrong and hers is not wrong it's like there's no uniformity, which I think just frustrates people the most. Like if, if you had a rule and everyone was held to that standard, I think people wouldn't be as pissed. I, about. Tell you, I mean, I understand it's a lot of work, but if they're going to flag you for a violation, they need to be very, they need to have a good reason behind it. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, again, you know I'm no social media expert by any means, but I feel like the, the lack of consistency is why, some other social media platform will ultimately probably win or these people will like get it together because I think that inconsistency is, is very frustrating to people. Well, what it forced me to do is it forced me to start posting more on TikTok and it's forced me to spoke. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like someone else will win because yeah. it's just like, yeah. like, and, and TikTok I'm hearing now, like people get their account shut down and because TikTok can be monetized, like the money is taken and do you get that money back? Like, I don't know the answer yet, but I didn't get my, I didn't get my last real bonus when it shut down. They didn't pay me it. See, that's well, like, so it's, it's in the, well, the system's weird. So the way it works is it's really easy to make a hundred dollars. You have to make a hundred dollars. And then what happens is once you hit a hundred dollars, the bar raises and there's like, they don't really explain like there's different levels and it's based off views, but they don't really explain to you like how many views it is. And it's, so it's like, so, so think of it like this. It's like you're in a game and there's different levels, but they don't really necessarily explain what each level is. You just are kind of like running blind. And really the goal, I guess, is to get as many views as you can because that's what you're going to get paid off of. Wow. And what's really crazy too, is just seeing like, I mean, cause I'm still necessarily new in the viral content space. Sure. But seeing the stuff take off, it's like sometimes you're like, how did that happen? Like, what was it? What, yeah. Facebook marketing. Okay. Uh, I don't want to, I know we probably get off here. So, but Facebook marketing, man. <laughs> I, can, I can end the podcast and you can tell me offline if you want. No, Facebook marketing. Jesus. I'm telling you, like, you, you think you have this great ad and uh, you, uh, you launch it and it just doesn't do anything. Or, <laughs> You have this like really simple ad and you launch it and it just kills it. You know what I mean? Your cost per click is like nothing and you're like just killing it. And you're like, how did that even happen? My, my, my most, my most, the, I have one ad I run all the time and it's literally just a product catalog. That's it. And that does the best for you. Well, it's the most consistent. <laughs> I have some other ones I do, but that one is just old faithful. I don't know how else to explain it. I run it every single day. It's amazing. Yeah. And then I kind of test stuff, but I'm just like, you know, I, that was one of the budgets I cracked down a little bit on because I, I had been through, um, I'm in a good spot where I'm making money on it, but I've overpaid a lot for marketing. Um, 
but again, that's like a learning experience. I've overpaid and um, part of it is, you know, you, I didn't even know what a pixel was until I started this. And then someone, you know, explained it to me and helped me set up a pixel. And do, do you know how that works? No. It's crazy. So the way a pixel works is it gathers data and uh, it gets smarter over time. So usually the longer you have an ad running, the better the targeting is. And originally, like you can do all kinds of cool stuff. You can geotarget people in certain areas. You can um, you can kind of build your audience out based off stuff they've liked on Facebook. Um, but it's a very interesting, complex system. And now, um, you know, recently um, there was an iOS um, thing that came down and it actually hurt a lot of companies because people were basically able to opt out of data collection and they didn't really. Yeah. Yeah, that was a, which is, you know, I mean, it's definitely important to pe keep people's data safe. Like, I understand that and I understand privacy, uh, but it's, it's, it's definitely, uh, that's a whole nother, a whole nother layer, man. There's so many layers. Yeah. A buddy of mine does digital marketing and, yeah. and he was telling me about that. Like it made his job really hard because I don't know what, it, I forget what it went from to what it is now. I don't really understand how it works, but there's a way to get around the ad blocker on iPhone. Interesting. Yeah. I'm not surprised they found a way to adapt. But last yeah. time he told me, he was like, it's hard as a digital ad agency is like, we can't prove the traffic we're getting because I think at certain points it gets cut off. Whereas before he could be like, Hey, like three months ago we ran this and you're still getting an R like we got the ROI today. Like it took a while. And he's like, yeah. but the data gets wiped. So like clients, he can't be like, this is why you paid me. Like it took 60 days, not yeah. six days, whatever. So, um, and again, I'm sure that all the digital people were finding ways around that. So they could keep showing like, Hey, like this is the ROI for our services. Whereas I think that data started getting wiped out. So like, yeah. but awesome. Um, so Jim, <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. That's right. You still hit the gym. Yeah, it's good. I'll just see how my uh, editor wants to play this. Maybe we'll do like part one and part two. So. Yeah, it, was, it was a good conversation. I it was, I'm happy. Thank you for having me on, man. I, no, I really thank you. Enjoyed, I really enjoyed the conversation. I enjoyed uh, talking to you. I hope that, um, you know, your audience gets a lot out of this. And uh, I hope that uh, when we launch, it goes really good. Sounds great. Yeah, man. Thank you again, John. All right. Drink you up, you huge. <laughs> Thank you for joining us this week on Build Your Wealth Muscle. The links mentioned in this episode are available in the show notes. For video clips and more information on tax and retirement strategies for fitness entrepreneurs, please follow my Instagram at ThePatDarby. If you found value in this episode, please do us a favor and share with a friend. If you tag me, that'd be appreciated also. Lastly, for help implementing any of the topics discussed, please book a call. The link is also in the show notes. Thank you again for listening and have a great day.